We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to Cage My IQ. I am your host, D-Bake. Join with me as always, Miles Long from the last podcast. What's up? How's, how's it going, Miles? I'm doing good. Got some jammy jams, got a cup of soup. It's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, bouncing <laughs> on the ball as always. Yeah. Can't, yep. can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try today. We're trying something different today. Uh, we're going live on YouTube now instead of Twitter, giving it old college tries. So see how yeah, that goes. goes. But today we are preview. I mean, we are recapping UFC on ABC two. Which, which was the main event, was Marvin Vittori against Kevin Holland. Uh, what did you think of the card in general? I mean, it was a pretty exciting card. We had, uh, what, like uh, a submission or two submissions, some pretty damn close calls in it for knockouts, and even the ones that uh, went the distance were, yeah. they were good fights. They were good fights. Yeah, I, I caught some of the, the prelims. Uh, I was up late the, the day before. Uh, watching some fights and then hang out with some friends. So I, I, I didn't wake up right away because all of them started at like 11 o'clock in the morning for me. So right? <laughs> like here it was like 1030. I think it was when early prelims started. I was like, what? Yeah. The fuck is happening? Yeah. So uh, I, caught, I, I turned it on with like one. I caught like two or three of the prelims. There's actually a kid on there that moved to uh, the States from Chile when you're 16, the wow. train, and then now he's 22, and then he lost. But it, for that division, he is really tall, and he yeah. looked pretty good. So he should take a – even though he lost a, a close decision, in my opinion, uh, he could take a lot from it. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. And then, of course, we saw uh, Jim Miller. He, he lost, but uh, I think he's I think he's coming to the end of his road. Uh, well, yeah. That happens. Yep. But uh, as always, we are at Cage My IQ. You can look down at the ticker below. You can follow us on all of our uh, social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then uh, right now, we are also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cagemyiq. So if you'd rather go on Twitch and watch, go on there now and subscribe or follow to the page. We'd appreciate that. And then as always... We are affiliated with uh, Sportsbox right there. So check out the Sportsbox and our other uh, social media outlets right here below and comment on any other stuff. There's always something on every night. So check out all the content there. But uh, let's get started with the action. The first fight on the on the card was a welterweight matchup, which we saw Daniel Rodriguez defeat Mike Perry by unanimous decision. What did you think of this fight? Man, Rodriguez looked really good in this fight. Uh, really, the, the two things that Perry just didn't have an answer for was Rodriguez's range and his movement, both in his head movement and his footwork. He just 
Perry just couldn't keep up. But he was outclassed in those two particular arenas, and it cost him the fight. Not only that, you had Rodriguez in a southpaw stance the whole time, which for a fighter, that's that's enough to screw you up right there. Because typically when you're fighting, especially when like stand-up and striking and stuff, when you have two people in orthodox stances, you're supposed to circle towards the lead hand. That way, even if you get like caught, it's just a jab. It's not so bad. You can weather the storm. You can slip it. But if you start circling to the inside, the, the likelihood of being caught with that with that rear power hand goes up substantially. And that was kind of the issue. Even though Perry wasn't really circling, he had he had very dead feet in this fight. Rodriguez would use his footwork to kind of line himself up so that 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 rear power hand was right in the middle of the gap of Perry's guard and he just shot it right down the middle, kept catching him with it and really tuned him up. But uh, obviously Rodriguez, I think, needs to work a little bit more on his wrestling and his takedown defense. He seemed comfortable when he got to the ground, but like that little that little bit in between there seems like that's what where the, the work in his game needs to be developed a little bit more. But for the most part, this was like a clean sweep of all three rounds. Just Rodriguez just dominated. Because <laughs> like, Perry would come out and he'd start real aggressive. And then Rodriguez just took over. He was like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> and then Perry got that takedown in the second round. But it was kind of like a little too little too late. And then he didn't do anything with it, really. Rodriguez just got back to his feet. And yeah. By the time the third round rolled around, Perry was was dead on his feet. He was too tired, and and Rodriguez just picked him apart. But um, as far as the future for these two fighters, uh, Rodriguez, I think, could be a contender in that division. They're welterweights, so, I mean, he's got a ways to grow, I think. He's still missing some key experience, especially in the welterweights, which are really, really heavy with wrestlers. Like, you got, uh, obviously, you, you got Usman, very decorated wrestler you've got yeah. kobe covington very decorated wrestler if i'm not mistaken that's also where you've got uh whoop, where's my um cursor there yeah you've also got stephen thompson decorated leon edwards wrestler, leon edwards yeah same story so if he wants to compete at like you know the top five level he's gonna he's gonna have to worry even at the top 10 level he's got some work to do but i think if he does a few more of these like unranked fights kind of racks up some experience uh, then I think he's got a, a real shot at the bottom 15. Uh, maybe like, uh, I don't know, Jamal Hall, Paul Craig. Paul Craig would be a challenge because of his, his his wrestling and his, his jiu-jitsu background. But, I mean, if he can keep he, it on, on the feet, I think Rodriguez could could pick him apart. But he, I don't he's, know. He, he's booked right now with uh, Jermichael uh, Hill, oh. that, that, that I think 11-12 matchup. Oh, interesting. So, which, which is going to be nice. But uh, I got a drunk savage uh, chiming in. Thanks for tuning in. Oh. Sub, sub cage, Mike. I used to be great, Perry. Big sad. Big sad. <laughs> I, I didn't even have the volume up that loud on my TV, and those shots sounded so loud from Rodriguez. <laughs> I, I know Mike Perry used to be it good. Like uh, it, he he had the best thing coming into it. He coming into the UFC. He was a boxer, and he was able to come in. And do some damage, but then he hasn't really adapted to the MMA style. Like he, he mm. started to pick up like the takedowns, but he, he doesn't seem to uh, mesh well both things. Like the striking and then the the grappling, he doesn't mesh it well. And then right. I feel like he puts a lot of thought into trying to knock a guy out, and oh, then yeah. when it doesn't happen, he tires out. We right. got Garth Chum in from Sports Box. Hey guys, hey guys, how, oh. how's it going? 
Thanks for tuning in, Garth. We're going good. Just uh, recapping Saturday's card. But uh, I, what I thought going into this, which I, he actually used, was if Daniel Rodriguez could stay a distance away and kind of use the distance game and just strike here and there with his legs and his feet, he'd be perfect. He'd be fine. That's what he did. He yeah. didn't get too. He didn't get too close. Every now and then he strike him with a combo. Then he mixed some uh, kicks into it. But yeah. it like it seemed like his shots uh, later on kept on getting powerful and powerful and harder. Mm-hmm. And then he was just doing so much damage to Mike Perry. Mike Perry went for that takedown. I think round two only yeah. because he needed to. He had nothing else to desperate. do. <laughs> <laughs> <So> desperate. <laughs> Like like he landed some shots. Like yeah. at one point, Rodriguez was a little wobbly, but then mm-hmm. like he got hit like bad like twice in their first and second round, and he mm-hmm. was wobbly. Like I felt like every minute, and Rodriguez didn't shy away from his plan. There's a couple mm-hmm. times that he got him wobbly that he could have just jumped in there and went crazy. But I'm glad he didn't because he could have tied himself out, and that would have hurt him. So he, he he was disciplined. I like I like that fact that he was very disciplined in this fight because you could have you know, like I said could have shied away from the game plan. Mm-hmm. He stayed disciplined. He did what he needed to do. He really didn't take that much damage. He took a little bit, but you know, not too much. Right. And he got the victory. I think this might be Mike Perry's last fight in the UFC. I That's think they right. might try to hold on to him, but like at some point you got to get rid of him because of his a poor showing. Uh, but I did. There was a white line in a. At some point, maybe he takes him takes him up on it. But Dan Till offered Mike Perry to come to Liverpool to train with them for two months. Him is Mike Perry and his family gave him. Mm-hmm. He said he would give him a place to stay and he can train there. He he can train there. Maybe uh, he said maybe he can learn from uh, Perry and Perry can learn from him. Pick up that the skills that he's obviously missing because mm-hmm. he's missing a lot. Like yeah. he's just standing there trying to go for the striking, but it's boxing. He's he's just using the boxing. He's not he's not checking he's not anything. Really boxing. Like yeah. that was that was the big clinic here. It was like what he was doing was more representative of Muay Thai because in Muay Thai they keep that upright posture and you just keep trading. And that's why kicks are so useful in Muay Thai because you can wear the body down. You can yeah. keep away with teeps and. Rodriguez was actually moving like a boxer. He had that head. <laughs> no, no, he was. Yeah. Like he could fucking Mike Perry couldn't touch him half the time because he'd throw and then he would just slip, slip, slip. So Dodge. even his boxing, yeah. like was really wasn't even boxing. It missed some of the most important components of boxing. It was just him standing there getting punched in the face. I think they're both uh, right now. The both were in the, they're in the top 20. I think they're both in the 15 to 20 range. Uh, I believe. I think Rodriguez and Rodriguez has only far. I think three times in the UFC, three or four times. Five. I thought he was had four wins, one loss. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I know they were in the fifteen to twenty range. So I can only assume that. I know Perry was ahead of him at the mm-hmm. time, but they obviously are going to swap. So I'd yep. be interested. <laughs> Interestingly uh, enough, Rodriguez is placed. Right near uh, Shime, uh, Kamjat Shime. Uh, he hasn't he has fart in like a, a, since the, the, his COVID scares. He was supposed to fart. Ah. He was supposed to fight Leon Edwards three times. Oh, well. The, the, and then he hasn't. But uh, 
I'd be interested to see if they try and book that because he was supposed to fight Neil Magny, but then Magny is now scheduled to fight Jeff Neil in June, I believe. May or June. Interesting. Okay. So Chimef is uh, is he doesn't have a fight right now, and he wants to fight in June or July, which would be perfect timing for Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chimuff has that Sambo wrestling in his background. So hmm. uh, that'd be kind of like a perfect fight for both guys mm-hmm. in general because they're both trying to move up. Yeah. They're going to both need fights. A lot of the, the top 10 is basically booked already. Uh, yeah. the, I think the only two guys that aren't are uh, Colby Covington and uh, Vicente Luque. It's Although a pretty I, stacked division. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot going on in the welterweights yeah. right now. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, like, I'm, I'm, I, I just want to see. I like that. I like to see all this action and get it booked. I, want, I don't want to see guys just sitting for a while. Mm. Uh, like uh, Covington's been sitting for uh, since October. I think before he fought, uh, Edwards was sitting for like 18 months. Part of that's because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But I want to see these guys active. I want to see them fighting. And now that there's the live crowds, I, I think that you're going to see more of that continue because you're going to get the, the UFC is going to get the that gate now where they're going to get uh, get a lot of money back from uh, the attendance crowd, which yeah. that starts next week. But mm-hmm. uh, moving on from this, I'm going to move on to the second fight. We could talk about that one all day. We had a straight matchup, which we saw Mackenzie Dern defeat Nina Nunez by first-round submission. You wonder there why it says Nina Nunez is this week she decided she wanted to be called by Nunez instead mm-hmm. of Ansaroff, uh because she has the baby with uh, Amanda Nunez, and they're basically married. But uh, what did you take from this fight? I mean, kind of with the way – you would expect given the circumstances. So my understanding is that Nunez, this is the first fight she's coming back to after a year off for having a child. So there's a pretty significant amount of that year where she was not training. Like there's no way. (laughs) So she had to have the baby, lose the baby weight, get back in shape, get back in the gym, relearn a bunch of the stuff that's gone rusty, you know? So, I mean, anybody's going to be shaky after that, you know? Whereas Dern, uh, I know she had a kid. I don't know how long ago she had one, but it seems like she's been more active recently. Um, and this seemed like a decision to try to move Nunez out of that number five spot and have uh, Dern move up uh, closer into that top five, but definitely in the top 10 area. Uh, like they're, they're trying to, you know, kind of stack the division more like the other divisions in the UFC, have it be a little bit more exciting, you know? But um, I mean, yeah, this this was pretty <laughs> this is pretty open and close. Dern at first, honestly, in terms of like striking, it looked like they were about even for a lot of those exchanges. Uh, but Dern closed the distance very quickly, just tied her up in a wrestling game, took her took her to the ground with a, a very nice uh, uh, leg reap, and then yeah, she had a very technical ground game. I, I really enjoyed. It. I, I made a note of how that ground game went. She started in front guard. And so then she kind of backed out a little bit and tried to go for a pass into side control, but she was immediately blocked. Uh, Nunez was good on her defense, but then she passed over into half guard anyway, just kind of stepped over that far leg. And then she faked 
And instead of going to side control, she slipped and just kind of moved her knee over and slipped right into mount. And then from there, she just set up an arm bar, well defended by Nunes, but, you know, she just kind of worked her and worked her and worked her until finally she got that arm free and finished. Although I think, I think Nunes spent a lot of time in that position where she was trying to defend the arm bar, trying to use her legs to defend, which she should have been trying to like, as soon as the leg thing didn't work, hip switch and then try to move and force your way into a front guard. So at least you're not being arm barred anymore, you know, but uh, you know, Dern's very good on the ground. She's got an excellent jujitsu background. It really showed in this fight. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to see her move up in the division. Uh, I'm not sure if Nunes is on her way out of the fight game because, you know, she's a new mom now and having both parents as active fighters is going to be, it's going to be a, a very demanding on their time. Right. So I imagine maybe she's thinking of, of retiring, letting Amanda Nunes keep going. And, and she just kind of looks after the baby. Uh, cause in, in this new UFC fighters have to be ready almost all the time. You, you never know when you're going to get thrown a fight. And if you really want to stay competitive, you just got to be constantly training and constantly improving. Um, as far as, is Dern goes, I think she earned that top five spot. I don't know if they'll do like a flip flop and put her in the number five spot, but, um, you know, I, I think she deserves to be there. But uh, she said she wants to uh, challenge in the top five. She wants to challenge up. Uh, but she might be waiting a while. She mentioned that Xiaoyan uh, and, and Esperanza, es Esperanza, yeah, I said that right, um, they're booked. And then, of course, you've got the champion and, and Nima Junez, they're booked for 261. But uh, is number two doing anything? The number two spot, that name that doesn't have enough vowels in it? J uh, uh, Joanna Jacek? Uh, yeah, the, the the former the former uh, champ up in the other division, and then she moved down, and she had that uh, fight of the year with the Weili Zhang. Oh, gotcha. I mean, if she's not doing anything, maybe, but I don't know if Darren is ready for that. You know, I don't know if she would uh, she'd be as successful there. She might have to challenge down. She might not have a choice. I'd be. I'm wondering where they uh, move Dern because uh, Dern is 11, like you said, and then Nunez is five. But yeah. they kind of they it's it's like a kind of like the Leon Edwards thing. It's like mm -hmm. they didn't move her up or down because she hasn't fought in a while because she had they both had babies. But uh, I feel like Nunez was definitely rusty because she hasn't fought in like a year or two, whereas mm -hmm. uh, Dern was fighting and then she didn't. She came back sooner than uh, Nunez did. Like yeah. she, I think she had her baby in late 2020. 2020. Mm. Yeah, took that time off, and then this allowed her in, enough time to uh, come back and then start training like a four or three months. Mm. I, I I could see her fighting like a Marina Rodriguez or like a or like a Tessa Tessa Torres, something like that, where. I don't think she'll move all the way up to five. I think she mm -hmm. can move up to like seven or eight mm -hmm. and then have Nunez fall down to like 11. Yeah. Uh, to like, yeah, to like that 10, 11 range. Cause that'd be perfect. Uh, because she had, she lost, but then she hasn't fought in a while. So we kind of expected her to lose. We didn't expect her to show like a, like a, a big showing coming in. Mm -hmm. I thought she was going to come in. I thought she might have come in and then maybe sneak out a, a submission. Right. She's known for that, but she just got outclassed. 
and mm-hmm. and you could tell. And I I thought it was shocking that she got submitted. I thought she was gonna if she lost, she would have gotten knocking out instead of being submitted. But that was the nice thing to see from uh, Mackenzie Jern is the submission game mm-hmm. because I usually see the opposite from her. So I, I feel like in that time she was out, she might have worked on that in that three months lean up to this. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing to have in that division where you got those killers in there uh, at the top uh, with the uh, Whaley Zhang, Rose Nabajunez, uh, Double J, and then Yan <laughs> Zenon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's her name. That's what I call her, Double J. I cannot pronounce that last name. What the fuck is that? There's there's only two E's. There needs to be like an I or maybe a couple of A's. What, it's, what even is it's that? Joanna that is... Jacek. How do you get that? <laughs> what? There's an R and a Z in there. How do you get to that? <laughs> I, I've heard it, and I, I, I know what it is, and I always yeah. say it wrong no matter what. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna act like I said it right. There you go. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, like this was pretty cut and dry. Mm. Like not spend too much time because the fight didn't even last around. So yeah, it was uh, over pretty fast. Yeah, yeah it was, <laughs> and boom. It was like two, three minutes in. Like I was walking to get a drink real quick, and I actually missed the submission itself because <laughs> they, they, they were they they were nowhere near like in like a clinch position, and then go to get a drink, come back, and the fight's over. I'm like, I was gone for thirty seconds. Jeez. <laughs> But but yeah, that's that's that. that uh, Dern picks up the the quick victory. I could see her getting a fight in two months now because she's pretty. She didn't take any damage whatsoever, oh, and fine. she got the quick uh, turnaround. But here's the fight that I the that I was happy about. It was the middleweight matchup, which we saw Dorian, uh the Cuban missile, uh, uh, defeat uh, Sam uh, Sam Smile and Alvey. By first round submission, another first round submission that we get to deal with. Uh, how did you feel about this? He did a really good job, and actually, he's improved since the Patella fight. Like, I saw a lot of improvement in Marquez's striking because that's one thing. Patello was was definitely getting ahead in significant strikes. Marquez's guard work wasn't great. Patello was was able to counter more effectively, and Marquez was just having trouble keeping up with the hands. Um, also when it came to like some of the wrestling exchanges, it seemed like Patello was kind of, you know, taking control and it seemed like Patello was going to take it by submit or by a decision when Marquez pulled out that crazy anaconda choke there at the, in the third round at the last second. Um, now this was a totally different Marquez we saw in this fight. He pretty much just dominated those two rounds (laughs) like, or no, the first round, it didn't even make it to a second round. That's right. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, he, he had a good pace. He had a good, he was moving around. He was evading. He slipped a lot of like really heavy blows that were that looked like they were going to connect and end the whole thing. But he just slipped out the way, no problem. Uh, he he kept up a, a good amount of volume too, and he overwhelmed Alvi. And that that when he started the round, he, I think Alvi was thinking like, okay, I'm going to do a, a counter offensive. I'm going to do counter striking. And so he was just waiting for Marquez to screw up, but he didn't. And that was the problem is Marquez, even if that fight had kept going, probably would have been ahead. 
uh, because Alvi was just waiting and just getting hit, getting hit, getting hit, and his strategy wasn't working. Typically, it's smarter to do the counter-offensive or the counter-striking strategy when you're already ahead in the cards, because then you got some room to, to work. You, get, you can lose a little bit. You can get hit a few times, and it's not really going to affect the score of the round. But um, Alvi started to recover a little bit, return fire, but then uh, uh, fucking Mar Marquez got him good with that short hook over the top. And, and then just followed up like three solid strikes back to back to back dropped LV. LV was just trying to do whatever he could to stay in passed over that, that hand in that takedown attempt got behind and ended it with a rear naked choke. Like bing, bang, boom. It was, it was very, very good showing for Marquez definitely shows he's improved and he's learned since the last fight he's been in. Um, and I, I hope we see more wins for Marquez. I think, I still think he's, he's pretty green right now. He's still getting that experience. He's still learning. Um, I don't think he's ready for a top 10 fight yet, No, but maybe match him up with like a bottom 15 person. I think that would be maybe a good place to start. Like a, like a Shazbazian, Shazbazian. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's fun as hell to say. Shabazian. Um, Shazbazian. I like my and version he, better. And, and, and he's booked right now. Oh, he is well. Shit. He is booked. <laughs> let me let me look at it. I really he just is, wanted to say the name. I don't I don't even know if that would be a good matchup. I just like the he, name. I think I think <laughs> I think he's booked with uh, Jack Hermanson. Shaz Boston. <laughs> yeah. But also, what the fuck is pickleball? What what is that? Is that a Kansas thing? Like <laughs> oh, shout outs there at the end. Well, well, well he did say that. He said I, I am in Kansas. I consider yeah. myself one of the best in Kansas. So he challenged the guys on the Chiefs to pickleball. Or badminton was the other one. Uh-oh. Did you see there there was first first it was uh Patrick Mahomes. Uh, responded back. He was he, but I'm game once I'm done being busy. Then it was Travis Kelsey was like, I'm down. And then Tyree Kill was like, <laughs> Me too. And I'm like, oh shit! I was like, you you got to get this on camera. This, this right. is the thing where it has to be on camera. Uh, this guy, every time he comes out and wins, he, he's like this. He's first it was the Miley Cyrus thing, and now this. Yeah. Like I, I just want to watch him win so I can see what outlandish thing he uh, calls <laughs> out next. But it was like you said, this was good. Like he yeah. had that fight before his injury. He got the he got a win. Mm -hmm. Then he was out for two years. He snuck out that uh, submission against Potolo, but then he comes in and his striking looks looked more polished. He took his time, and then even and the the grappling with this uh, Sam Alvey is a tough guy. And for you to uh, choke him out the way you did, like he didn't even have to choke in all the way. He had it in wrong. It's just that yeah. he kept on, like he said, he kept on squeezing until he like he, until like he popped uh, the guy's head off. Like that was his saying. Mm -hmm. uh, and until he had to, he didn't really tap out. The the, yeah. the ref just uh, the, the ref just called him because he was like, oh no, he, he went unconscious. He knocked yeah. out. They had to pick him up off the yeah. fucking ring. Yeah, yeah. Like Sam, <laughs> because Sam Allen's the guy that he's not going to tap out to that. He's he's going to be too stubborn to tap out to it. And then he was fighting out of it. Like he was getting he was getting his ass beat. But I, I give props to Sam Alvey for still fighting back to start trying to do that. I'm glad he lost because I didn't feel like having him call me out because I believe I showed you. That he uh, messaged me back on Facebook. 
on the thing I posted the my preview where I said that he had his was that what that was about? I was trying to look for it on Twitter. I didn't find it. I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was well. Everybody knows uh, I interviewed him a few weeks ago, talked to him about the fight, and then me, and then I did my preview for it on Thursday, and I said that I thought uh, Marquez was going to win. I think one of the things I said was that he has his foot one foot in and one foot out of the gym because he doesn't like California. And then he commented back. He was like, that's not the case. He was like, I'm a Team Quest guy through and through. He was like, I'm going to pick up this W. And I was like, great. I just pissed this guy off. I gave him some uh, ammunition. So if he wins, he's going to call me out now. And you can hear the Cage My IQ podcast on live TV, which isn't bad, which isn't bad. But uh, and then I messaged her back. I was like, I was like, I meant like you hate the state. You want to move to Tennessee. And then he liked that. So I guess I softened the blow a little bit. But then he <laughs> lost it. So he lost anyway. So I didn't have to worry about the 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 the, the post fight interview because that yeah. went to Marquez with pickleball. <laughs> what the fuck so is it, pickleball? What even uh, is that? Is that a Kansas City thing? What I'm gonna yeah. Google that. What the hell is pickleball? Pickleball. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the 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 rankings and neither guys was in the top fifteen anyway. I think they're both in. I think Alvi was between 2025 and then because he hasn't fought that much, I think Marquez was in the same range now. So I think he's going to move into like the the inside the top 20 now, which I could see him uh, fighting like a guy like, even though he's booked like a guy like Sean Strickland, uh, Mm a guy like that, like at the 15 spot, like, like I think it's time for him to take another step. Like he fought Petullo, won he barely won but then he fought alvi and looked good it wasn't mm-hmm. like he just just like last fight he, he got better with the striking and then just overall thing i think this is a guy that if he keeps on doing this he gets a little bit better a little bit better now that he's on a roll now he's fought twice in the past two months and like if he takes another fight in in like june that would be perfect he takes the fight wins it that that mm-hmm. Then you can see him in the top 15. He has that three-fight win streak. He has that motivation. He'll have that confidence on his back that yeah. like he, he could be a force if he keeps uh, doing good. Mm-hmm. I got I got my boy, uh, uh, Nikki, joining in. What's up, bud? What's up? Come, come to say hello, brother. This guy's oh, awesome. Um. You can check him out on Pub Sports Radio. They do a lot of uh, stuff with sports like – uh, like getting you ready for the DraftKings and FanDuel one dot. Uh, they do basketball, baseball, hockey, e- MMA. You know that's what uh, Nick does. He does a lot of MMA. Uh, I-, I was on a Just My Two Cents podcast with him uh, a couple times. He's a great mind in MMA, and definitely check him out, Boston Nick MMA, and check him out at uh, Pub Sports Radio. Subscribe to their uh, YouTube page. You, you won't oh. uh, regret it. But For uh, those of you who are curious, pickleball is actually a combination of badminton, table tennis, and tennis. Yeah. Like you play it on a tennis court with with uh, uh, ping pong paddles and a <laughs> wiffle ball. Learn something new every day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but but let's move on to the, the co-main event since we had – the second and third fight were only one round, so it was pretty easy to get through those. Definitely. We had a, a men's featherweight uh, matchup where we saw 
Arnold Allen defeat Sadiq Yusuf by unanimous decision. What did you yep. take in this fight? Man, this was this was a good showing from both fighters. Actually, I thought it was pretty close. Now, I thought I thought round one pretty definitively went to Allen. Yusuf started off strong, but then Allen found his rhythm about halfway through, and then he just steadily took over after that first takedown. Tuned him up a little bit more. Got a second takedown in there. Pretty much secured the round. Now the second round, man, that was narrow because he also got uh, Allen also got a, a knockdown in the first round. And then he got a knockdown again in the second round. But before that knockdown, Yusuf was actually in control of that fight. Like in most of those exchanges, uh, Yusuf was getting getting out ahead, and he was forcing Allen to to take the defensive and stick in the in the in the outside circle of the octagon. So he was making Allen problem solve a lot on the standing game. But then Allen hit hurt him really bad with that head kick, and it looked like that it was going to be over right there. Yusuf somehow managed to weather through that. Uh, oh my god, that, down a lot. <laughs> that kick, like, yeah. like at first you didn't see it because he he just touched him, but it was just enough to to basically shock him, and then it was oh, like a late fall. Well, he got him cleanly, like in the temple yes. area. That shit hurts. <laughs> like I get it. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that how? Uh, uh, I think it was. Kane Velasquez knocked out Junior Dos Santos one of the times they fought was with that. Well, it was like a spinning crescent. Am I remembering the, the victory wrong? I feel like that happened, but it, it was like an equal, it was like the same sort of contact. It wasn't like it smacked him and took his head off. It was just like a clip over the top, but it landed just perfectly into the temple and, and it was over. But man, those, those shots hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, that round was super close. Like if you if you don't count the knockdown, then I I I would say Yusuf would have gotten that round. But because he got the knockdown, and I think he secured a, a takedown towards the end as well, that I, you know you got to give it to Allen because there was just more big moments for him. Um, and then the round three, Yusuf really came alive. I think he was he was desperate. He knew that you know if I don't make something happen soon, I'm I'm going to lose this fight. So he came out very aggressive. Uh, Allen did a good job of, of, you know, taking the fight into a wrestling situation to kind of regain some of that striking stamina, but he was gassing out. He was gassing out. Even, even when he forced these wrestling situations, Yasuf would still take control even in those wrestling exchanges. But by that time it, it was too little too late. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty much two rounds to one. Exactly. It was, it was about what I thought it would be kind of, as I was watching the fight, I was like tallying it in my head and the judge's scorecard matched with what I thought it would. So I was like, well, that second round, though, is a little. It could without that knockdown, man. That could have been a use of victory easily. But um, as far as where I want these guys to go, I don't know because Allen was saying he wanted a top five call out, but he's like, ah, oh, I didn't get a finish or whatever. But I don't know. I could see him against like a a Dan Ige, maybe a Korean Zombie matchup at the most. Well, you see, you see, that's already booked now. A Korean Zombie versus oh. Dan Ige. Uh, they, they just booked them together, and then we're still waiting on the Yair Rodriguez, Sabine Agamay Sharapov, however you want to say that name, because uh, Zabit has been, I think, suspended for the past six months, and Rodriguez, I think, he's just waiting for Zabit to come back. Mm. But then, I, I, like, both guys are 10 and uh, 10, ranked 10 and 11, Alm was right. 10, so. There's not going to be it's a not, lot of movement on that. It's yeah. not going to be a lot of movement. What I saw for this fight is Sadiq definitely had him in the volume category. I mm -hmm. thought he could 
easily taken this fight three rounds to none, but the difference in this fight was when Allen hit him, it mattered. It was, it was he had the significant strikes. Like mm-hmm. he, he, the you could have taken out the takedown and he would have still won the two rounds that he did. Mm-hmm. It was those big shots that stoned uh, Sadiq because Sadiq mm-hmm. was not patient. He wasn't uh, taking his time. He was kind of rushing himself. Like mm-hmm. he already had the the and the. The volume on his side. So, if you take away those big shots in round one and two by uh, Allen, he could have easily won this fight. Mm-hmm. But he left himself open twice, which he got popped for both times, and that's basically what cost them the, the fight. Was those two big shots, the the kick, as we know, and then that punch. But and then he opened up in round three. Uh, and he, he did a lot better game plan wise in round three, probably because he either thought that he was losing or he was just making sure that he got round three. All right. But he should have done that in round two. If he, knowing what happened in round one, he should have did that round two. So he had round two and three. He would have, he would have been more confident, but he didn't do that. He waited too late, and that's what's going to cost him. Mm. I think it's okay that he lost. It was his first loss in the UFC. He's four and one in the UFC, as you see. I think he'll learn from it, and then he'll try and be more disciplined now because he's a he's lethal. Yeah, he's a he'll get you from anywhere. But I think he learned from this. I think this might be better for him losing than it was for Arnold Allen winning it. It's crazy to sound that way, but I think in the long run, Yusuf is the better fighter. It's just mm-hmm. that Allen was the more patient guy in this fight, and he picked and choosed, and then he went. He was already he got round one and two, and then he kind of fell off around three. Whereas Yusuf was got b- better around three, and then I, I'm hoping he learns from it. But for Arnold Allen, I could see him easily playing a, a returning Josh Emmett. He's ranked number seven mm-hmm. because Stevens, Ige, and Korean Zombie are already booked. Uh, Calvin Cater is right above Emmett. I could see him fight Cater, but I think it would be better if Allen fights Emmett. And then with Burgos already fighting, I could see Yusuf fighting like a Bryce Mitchell uh, now. Like He's at 11. He can't really fight anybody above him because he just lost. So I could see him fighting a 13th-ranked Mitchell and getting that win. It can then take another shot at getting into the top 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think... I think he'll learn from it, uh, and then he'll he'll be game planning uh, with more discipline now because he was a little bit more reckless in the first two rounds. Yeah, that happens. Yep. But uh, let's move on to the the main event uh, oh uh, of the evening. Uh, we had a middleweight matchup between uh, Marvin Vertori, who defeated Kevin Holland by unanimous decision. Uh, what did you take? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was, it was interesting. It was interesting. We saw a more serious Kevin Holland this time around. He's way more focused than he was in the Brunson fight. And it showed in his game. This wasn't like a blowout. Basically this, this was definitely more of the Kevin Holland we're used to seeing. Um, however, it showed, it highlighted a weakness in his game and it's takedown defense. Apparently, apparently is almost no takedown defense at all. (laughs) It's pretty bad, but his strikes were pretty powerful. He, he used that signature unorthodox striking style and 
even tonight it, or that fight, it seemed like something was a little off. Like it seemed like he was over swinging. His kicks looked a little funny to me. Um, I mean, he was landing and he was doing good. It just didn't seem like he was a hundred percent for some reason. And maybe he took some damage during the Brunson fight that we don't know about. Um, but he seemed a little off and maybe that's why Vittori was able to force these wrestling situations so easily, but also Kevin Holland needs some, some takedown defense for sure. So, I mean, the first round, I, I gave that all to Holland. He came out very strong in the striking range, especially landing those kicks. And he was able to dominate the round, even with Vittori's takedown towards the end of the round, which was like in the last minute. So he didn't really do anything with it. Um, and that was an awesome sweep uh, out of the guard back to his feet from Holland. When Vittori was, I think he was, what he was trying to do was maybe stack Holland, but he, uh, he, he shifted his weight too far forward. So Holland just kind of rolled him over and essentially ended up in like a mount position. And that allowed him to, to get back to his feet. But rounds two through five were all Vittori. And it went pretty much the same way every round. They would start standing in the striking range. Vittori would get, would, you know, get his ass handed to him, except for in the beginning and, and middle part of round three because of Kevin Holland's eye. But all the other exchanges, Kevin Holland was beating the shit out of Vittori. So Vittori would force a wrestling situation and just work until he got the takedown. And he was, a lot of the time, it was the same takedown. It was that thing where he would secure the hips, pin uh, 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 Holland up against the cage, and Hold drag him down. Bit, yeah. Turn and drag. Yeah, same. He did like five, six times. <laughs> he just keeps seeing it. And then once he got to the ground, he just focused on ground and pound and trying to stay in guard and mount or stack Holland and just rain down punches, which is why Holland's eye was, you know, shut and closed. But I'm, it's, it's making me wonder if Kevin Holland's going to bounce back after losing to Brunson and then losing to Vittori for pretty much the same reason. The wrestling was really what was fucking him up in both of those fights. I don't think he was also not very serious for Brunson, but that's definitely a big, a big flaw in his game is he needs some kind of takedown defense. Um, so I, I don't think there's going to be too much movement because again, Holland was already below Vittori anyway. So they're probably not going to do too much ranking wise. They might drop him down a few spots make him work his way back into the top 10. Um, in which case I could maybe see him fighting like, a Uriah Hall or whoever takes the top 10 spot, maybe to try to earn his way back into good graces. Uh, maybe Chris Wademan at the most. I didn't think he's like number seven or number eight, I believe in that is, division. Uh, Wademan's number 11. Number 11. My bad. He's, he, he's right below Holland. And then he's fighting Uriah Hall. Who's ranked right above Holland. So I think he's probably one- going to lose that top 10 spot though. I think that's probably going to go to Wademan once the rankings change up. And then, and he's then, has and, two losses now. And then Shabazian is 12, who's fighting, who's fighting Hermanson. So he could yeah. essentially keep it as long as Hermanson and Hall win mm-hmm. and beat uh, Wyman and Shabazian. Shabazian. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so he, he could essentially keep it. Yeah. But, like, for, like just like you said, uh, he was definitely more serious going into this. He, he had to strike him. I actually had him lose all five rounds because he, uh, uh, he did have like the first half of round one, but I felt like the second half was all Vittori. And then right after the the ball uh, the ball kick where he got kicked in the balls. <laughs> that was the, funny. Yeah, the, the, the best part was when he went to walk away, he stomps on the ground twice, like yeah. like bam, bam. Yeah. I, thought it was, I felt like he was going bam, bam. <laughs> and, and then he got pissed. 
And then, it looked like he, he only got like one ball too. Like it wasn't even like both. He just got the one. He's like, oh, that's the worst one. He grouped himself, and then I, I was oh, then uh, that must have triggered him. Oh, I gotta wrestle him. So then he took him down. I think he, I think he had two minutes of uh, uh, control time because they said like he had at least two or three minutes of control time in each round. And then I felt like he, he, he didn't damage on there. So I gave him that just because of the, the takedown, because I felt like Holland had more damage, like strikes by like four or five uh, sh- shots. But then the takedown uh, what, uh, amounted to almost like half the round. Then round two goes, and he just he ditches the striking yep. that the, uh, the that he does, and he went right to the right to the takedown. He had eleven takedowns. Eleven. Yep. He set the Again, record. Kevin Holland 11. has no takedown defense. He has like even the basics. They were like, "Why is his hip square? What yeah. do you do it? Like just turn, just turn." They're like, they're like making fun of him. Like you gotta lock your feet or do this. Yeah. And like then you gotta shift your movement over. And then he wasn't doing that. They're like, "That's why he's not getting out. He's just yep. accepting that he's taken down, and then he's just." like fighting from below he was fighting from bottom guard a lot lot. but 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 vittori was 11 of 15 on takedowns which is crazy like like if you had him in DraftKings, you were you were in money right there uh there's there's (laughs) there's there's speak of that there's my guy uh, just by two cents up debate yo and sup nikki yeah, this, this guy. This guy was on earlier. I meant to tell him this, uh, but uh, DraftKings. Like, I wish I would have played. Like, I, I thought about playing Vittori, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to play there this week. It's just going to be one of those shitty matchups where he wins and holds him. He did that, but 11. You get a lot of points. He he probably like right. I could probably look right now, and he probably had 250 points, which is like the the amount for like three guys. That's how right. that's how good it is uh, <laughs> with that. Like you just hold it and then you get all that control time. And he, he didn't do too bad. Like in the later rounds, his, his striking on Kevin Holland was effective. Like he was hitting those punches and then I he, mean, a little bit of kicks. Eh. But it, because it didn't they didn't stand up that much because it was so easy for him to take it down. I think he well because he was getting hammered. Like at first, Vittori wanted to stand in some of those rounds, yeah. but he just got smacked. There were some points that looked like it was almost over. So Vittori forced that situation. He had to. I think it was round four though that he actually had a uh, Holland staggered. Well, it was, yeah. it was round three. It was because of his eye. His eye okay. was swelling up almost shut. And he kept hammering on that side. Yeah. And, and Holland was like, fuck, I got to. But after that, it was like the mid, it was beginning and midpoint of round three, that finishing exchange of round three into round four and round five, that was all Holland all day. He was just yeah. smacking Vittori. Which, again, because of his performance there, I don't think he deserves a title shot. I don't think he earned it. I don't think he gets it. I, I think he I think he uh, does just for the fact that it, it will make money because Adesanya beat him controversially in their first fight. Well, that could, controversial? It, he beat the shit out of him. No, no, no. I like I rewatched the fight. I rewatched so the fight. I. It looked pretty one sided from what I was uh, watching. I don't know. I gave Vittori two rounds, and I didn't give him any rounds. I didn't- 
give him the, well, I gave him the last round because he finally f- uh, forced out a grappling situation in the third round. But then after that, like everything before that, he was just getting pounded on. I, don't know. I, I thought oh. he was doing damage to Adesanya. That, that's personally me. Not really. I mean, I, he hit Adesanya. There were definitely some like solid connections, but he was outclassed in in every measure. It was. It was like watching early Ooh. Silva. It was like I, early I don't Silva. I don't, I don't know because that's what everybody keeps saying. In the stand-up? In the stand-up, yes, he was completely outclassed. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know because everybody keeps saying, and not just me, everybody, like the the media, the the commentators are like, that, that was a controversial uh, fight where you could it? go either way with it. Like, like we, we can do a watch. We could we, we do a watch along right now. Let's do it, damn it. I have UFC Fight Pass. Let's do this. Actually, it's on ESPN Plus. I got this. We can pull it up right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, oh. we'll, we'll, we're looking at it right now. Like, he's number six. He, yeah. he should easily, in my opinion, overlap Darren Till because Darren Till got hurt. Mm. I think it's, to me, I think it's crazy that Derek Brunson's number four just because he beat Kevin Holland. If this guy moves from seven to four because of that, how do you not move up Vertori? When I thought what Vertori did was better because because yeah. Holland had a blueprint. Well, they both had a blueprint because of the Brunson. Other, but, yeah. but uh, but the fact that uh, that Brunson did it to him, and then Holland knew that that was coming and still yeah. had it done to him. But eleven times instead of the four Ooh. times that Brunson Brunson <laughs> did it like four times and then he was just content laying on him. He yeah. was just content. He didn't do any striking damage, not anything mm. to Holland. All the damage was just the takedowns. Whereas Vittori yeah. was taking damage from Holland and then he gave mm-hmm. some back to Holland. But then yeah. he had eleven takedowns. It's like just sure. it was just I think it was overkill. I was just like after number five or six, they should have just been like, here you go, Vittori, you won. Well, we just don't I, I will see say, Vittori did improve a lot in his gas tank. Because when I watched the Adesanya fight, that was a three-round fight. And by round three, he was dead. Like yeah. When that turns the end of the clock, he was just like, ah, oh, fuck, how many seconds left? But this time, he went five rounds, mostly wrestling. That's a, that's a ton of stamina. I'll give it to him. He's definitely improved a lot in his gas tank and his wrestling uh, stamina, res- like mixing that in with the striking. Mind you, he wasn't getting smacked as hard as he was with Adesanya. Adesanya was landing yeah. way more volume in terms of significant, significant strikes than uh, Holland was because he kept getting taken down. But the, re- the other reason I don't think he deserves a shot at Adesanya is because I didn't see anything that would indicate that this fight would go any differently than the, the last time. Because he tried to use that same strategy against Adesanya. He just got stuffed for two and a half rounds, was forced to do a kickboxing match. And and with Holland, if he had beat Holland with knockouts or even just like shown that Holland was outclassed in the striking, that Holland presents a lot of the same sort of problems that Adesanya would present uh, outside of like the, the skill uh, Holland's got the range. He's got the body type. He's got a sometimes similar movement. He's unorthodox, but he, he couldn't. Vittori couldn't even keep up with Holland. I don't. I don't see how this is going to go any different. I think he's going to try to do the same basic strategy, the same basic blueprint. However, Adesanya, since the Yahovich fight, no question, he's been working on his wrestling and his and his takedowns because that's what gave him his first loss. I'm sure he's been in the gym just drilling that. 
because I think he hates the fact that he lost, which is just going to make it even harder if Vittori wants to try to use that strategy again. So yes, Vittori's improved, but Adesanya's also improved again. So I, mean, I think this? we just see the same fight. How about this? How about this? I'll meet you in the middle. How about you book him against Jared Cannonier, who hasn't fought? He's the number three ranked guy. Yeah. He's been inactive since he lost to uh, Robert Whitaker in, I think, October. Uh, 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 they fought. He would be the number three ranked guy uh, that will move up because Vittori has already beat Hermanson. He beat uh, – who did he beat before Hermanson? I'm looking now. Uh, he just beat uh, Holland. He had the mm-hmm. close fight with Adesana. He tied with Omari Akhmadov. So, who I think is ranked number He's down there 13. now, number 13, yeah. 13. And then he was supposed to fight Dan Till. I could see him refighting Dan Till. I, like, the fight against uh, Dan Till, I thought would have been better for him because I thought that would have gave him, had he won that, he, that would have gave him that shot because he would have beat the guy in front of him. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is booked already, but uh, Cannonier. Yeah. But yeah. I think either uh, he gets booked move, uh, for a cane in the year. I, I think they might be like, hey, you beat Holland, but you're supposed to. We want to put book you against cane in the year so we can get him a fight. Right. This would be that us meeting halfway with you. We're like, you, you're still getting a great fight because it's going to be a top right. three uh, ranked guy. But then if you win that, you there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a title shot after that because, he, like, what else are you, uh, can we do? Because you got right. uh, Whitaker fighting. Uh, yeah, we got Whitaker who's one. He's fighting Gaslin number eight uh, this Saturday. Costa's mm-hmm. not even booked yet, but I've heard mm-hmm. uh, different things from that that he could be fighting Derek Brunson. Hmm. Uh, and then we'll see. Uh, and then Cannoneers, like I said, still not booked. Yeah. So, like, I could see the fact that they could do that. I got uh, just my two cents. Uh, great stuff, fellas. Scott, you're in my ear while I watch WWE with the wife. Uh, <laughs> nope. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I actually paused it because it's it's the Raw after WrestleMania, so I kind of try mm. and watch that live. But I paused that, uh, and I'll watch it after I'm done this. Uh, the, this comes <laughs> first uh, with that. Go. But thanks for uh, tuning us in, even, even if it's just in your ear. <laughs> but uh, this, this I could see that fight. I could see that Cannoneer fight because I mean, at least if he beats Cannoneer, if he got, I, I would say if he has a good showing in the striking yes. and he beats Cannoneer, then he's got a case for Adesanya for sure. Um, but right now, I'd even be more interested in giving a title shot to the winner of Whitaker Gastelum because both of those guys, first off, Whitaker's the the uh, top contender in the division. So that kind of makes sense. But Gastelum's already given us a pretty interesting fight against Adesanya, and he didn't use any of his wrestling like what we saw against uh, 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 Heinrich, or Heinrich, the, rather. The only problem, though, is he had that three-fight losing streak where that's all he did was the striking. Mm-hmm. And then the Heinrich fight, he went back to the to the wrestling, mm-hmm. and that's I'm what saying got if he him. does that against Adesanya, I think he's got a shot. That's why I say if he beats well, Whitaker, yeah. I don't see a problem giving him a shot. Yeah, that's what I said. For the, uh, I I won't go too much because I'll be previewing that on uh, <laughs> Thursday. But I think if uh, Gaslin could do the the grappling and the wrestling against Whitaker instead of the striking, his percentage chances of winning 
go up, up, up. But if he mm-hmm. stands and tries to trade with him, it goes down, down, down. Because mm-hmm. I think whenever he wrestles, he does good. Whenever he sh- tries to strike, it's it's the common uh, thing with the wrestlers. They want to mm-hmm. stand up and trade with you, even though they can wrestle. And half the time, it doesn't work out because they're mm-hmm. going against what they, they know. It's because right. they want to look big and tough. And they don't want to look like, oh, I got to drag you down to the ground to win. That, mm. That's what you do. That's what got you to the UFC. <laughs> Fucking right. use it. Don't go shy away from it. You were great when you were a wrestler. Mm. And then you you start losing when you decide you want to be a striker all mm. of a sudden. Because that's not what you are. Like It's good as like a secondary thing where you hit, hit, shoot down, and take them down. And then, just like uh, Two Cents said, KG needs to mix it up. Exactly. Yeah. He needs to yeah. get him... Tr- do a couple shots, take him down, do the ground and pound. That's the kind of type of strike. I would say Gastelum could even like find kind of a balance between striking yeah. and wrestling because he is a power striker for the division. Mm-hmm. Like he can hit. So, I mean, he can stand and trade. It's just when it comes to like the technical side of things, that's where he's usually outclassed by more sophisticated strikers. So if he found a balance between like finding a good rhythm and his striking, landing some significant strikes, put it forcing like a, a clinch or a wrestling position, working on him a little, and then kind of moving back and forth between those and then taking him to the ground, get some ground control time, maybe some submission attempts to ground and pound when he feels like he wants to finish it. He could have a, a pretty formidable game if he yeah. you know starts to kind of move between the skill sets, which I mean, like I said, I, I think if he beats Whitaker, he's yeah, got a case for, yeah, fuck yeah, of course. I'm, I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I think if he beats Whitaker, he's got a case for another shot at Adesanya because we didn't see any of that wrestling shit with Adesanya. If you were watching Gasoline for the first time when he fought Adesanya, you wouldn't think he was a wrestler at all, you know? But then yeah. you saw the the Einrich fight and you're like, oh, oh, snap. He can, he can, he can wrestle. <laughs> Look at that guy. Especially <laughs> a guy like, showing. especially with a guy like Whitaker now, like he just totally mm-hmm. dominated Cannoneer with the, with the combinations. Right. Like, uh, like he was a guy that was pretty good, and then he was he won the belt, just outlasting guys, and then he got just completely destroyed by Adesanya in his home country, and then uh, it came back, and I don't know what it was, but he he was like, I regained my passion all of a sudden, and then right. now I'm gonna take it serious. He came in those combinations he was landing on Cannonier, which. I picked Cannonier because I didn't know what to expect from Whitaker. I picked against him. I, yeah. I picked Whitaker for that fight. Yeah, I, I, it, it, trust me, it did, and, and I, I, I feel like a dick for picking against him because <laughs> look at what he did in that fight. He was just laying those left, right hooks, and then he, he was mixing in those kicks in it, and then I'm just like, I didn't see any of the the takedowns or the the grappling that I'm used to seeing with the Cannonier. Because he's uh, he's tall, he's tall for mm. the division, and he uses that to his advantage. Yeah. But Whitaker kept him at bay. But but I don't think he would have that same luck with uh, Gastelum because Gastelum mm. is a a proven amateur wrestler where he can find ways to get into the the clinch and then take mm. him down. But I always have that fear that he's gonna always go back to the let me stand up and trade with this guy because he's known for this. Mm. I want to beat him at his game instead of just let me use my game plan instead of beating him at his own game plan. It's like, that's where you lose. You try and makes me wonder how much of that is 
Well, it, it makes me wonder how much of that is the coaching. Because yeah. there was this interview I saw a long time ago. It was probably early 2000s. Um, they brought on, uh, Eddie, Eddie, that's right, it was Eddie Bravo talking to Joe Rogan. And mm-hmm. he was talking about how like some of his jiu-jitsu students, or one jiu-jitsu student who was uh, entering into the amateur MMA leagues. And again, primarily 10th Planet jiu-jitsu background. But he got this weirdo fucking Muay Thai coach who after like a month of training was like, you're Bangkok ready. And he was encouraging him to like go in there and try to stand with these guys and use Muay Thai, which he had like a month or two of experience in. And it's like, no, no. Whatever Eddie Bravo was saying is like, if I get a guy who does a lot of Muay Thai and he's trying to learn jujitsu, it's like, use the Muay Thai, use that. You've, you've got way more background in that. If you win, that buys us a little bit more time to work on your jujitsu. Like that's how yeah. it should go. So I wonder if like Gasoline's coaches were just like blowing smoke up his ass, just be like, "Oh, you're you're such a powerful striker for the division. You can knock him out. You got this. Don't worry. Don't worry about the wrestling. You can always that's you can always fall back onto that. Just knock him out. You know, but he definitely changed things up in the in the Heinrich yeah. fight. And I'm hoping he keeps doing that. Not, not to switch things up for a second, but you, met, you mentioned uh, Ted Planet. It just so happened that the two guys I interviewed on Friday and Sunday are from Ted Planet. That's a big uh, organization. Yeah, they've got it, it is. It, yeah, it's 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 them, and then they're combined with the uh, Randy Couture's uh, gym. But I interviewed uh, Thomas uh, Burchak, who's fighting this Saturday. Okay. Uh, so I, that interview is going to be released on Friday. And then I interviewed Gary Mangat, who's in one championship. He's fighting the guy, I forget his name, and next month he lost the belt to Adriano Moraes, mm-hmm. the guy that just uh, uh, knocked out uh, Demetrius Johnson. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's who uh, that's the, guy, the guy that Mangat's fighting is the guy who he beat Moraes in the first fight, and then Moraes beat him for the belt in the second fight. I don't know how that works, but. That's the, that's what happened. So uh, uh, that that would be that's coming out May fifth. Uh, so definitely uh, check those out when they when they get released. But uh, back to, back to what you're saying, yeah, I could I could see that like the blown smoke because for some reason he went back to the normal game plan against Heinish and he looked dominant. Like he would just pick him up, take him down, ground and pound, and then he just yeah. kicked ass. That, that's all I was gonna yeah. say. It was the old uh, Gastelum, and I'm like, this is the one Gastelum I want to see every fight. You can mm-hmm. improve on your striking time from time, but this needs to be your mainstay: is the is the grappling, takedown, and ground and pound because you mm-hmm. do your best. At, that's what got you to that fight against Adesanya was that, not the stand up and trading. You did good mm-hmm. with the standing up, but that's also what got you the three losses in a row. Sure. Uh, or uh, and then had you almost out the door, but then you saved yourself by winning against Heinish. So you want to stick what works. Don't try and get uh, get new and crazy. Just stick right. to what works. Right. No, it'd, but, it'd be it'd be a good it'd be a, it's yeah. going to be a good showing either way. I think. Yep. It's going to be a good fight. It definitely is. And then, uh, uh, as you know, uh, I want to get your opinion on before we go because we got done pretty early than usual. Usually, we're doing this for like a fast one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it helped that there was only two, there was two fights that were one round each, yeah. and then <laughs> and then uh, and it was just us two. So usually it goes faster with two people than three. 
But I want to get your opinion on the the fights going back to the live crowd. So you got next week, you got Jacksonville, uh, which from what I heard was a, the the crowd sold out in five minutes, not even the the whole uh, <laughs> thing sold out in five minutes, and then they're come coming to Houston. Yep. To the Toyota Center. An next- hour away from where I live, actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that sold out pretty quickly. Uh, right before that, we had him tuning in. At least threaten the t- takedown. Whitaker does bite on feints, fake the shot, and throw the heater. E- easier said than done with Whitaker, though. Definitely. Because he, he comes in with those uh, combinations. They're crazy. But there there are openings for you as a takedown artist against him you just have to be disciplined about it i I feel like i feel like when he's going for like a shot maybe if you kind of go to the other side if you can pick uh, when to shoot and shoot from the right way it's like a 50 50 chance you could get popped Mm -hmm. or you could get the takedown but if you get the takedown you're looking good because once you take him down i think he could keep whitaker down I think he's got the skill set to to yeah. really give him some problems in the wrestling arena. Because one thing I noticed about the way Gasoline was was tuning up <laughs> Heinrich was he wasn't doing the standard, and that's usually the mark of a, of a great grappler. Like I keep bringing it up, Curtis Blades, don't don't charge straight forward. That doesn't work. Fucking Derek Lewis just stopped you with punching. But nope. so that's usually the way fighters think is like. Your, your strikes, you know, you throw a couple up top, make them think here, and then you drop down and you shoot. I mean, that's a 50-50 shot. Maybe mm-hmm. they're fast enough to sprawl, or maybe they stop you with punching or, or whatever, or they're just not fast enough. That's It's a, you know, it's a, it's a toss-up. But what Gastelum did, he actually was, was doing what you're supposed to do, which wasn't coming for the takedown straight in. He was coming from angles. Like, your, your chances of actually successfully taking someone down go up exponentially the further to the side you get. If you're like side by side and you're charging straight through, that guy's pretty much going down every time. Like it's pretty hard to stop someone if they're like over here pushing all of their weight and momentum in that direction. You're like hopping on one foot. So he would like cut these angles and find just these, these little openings to either take the back or shoot from the angle. But he very rarely came straight from the front which is, which is why Heinrich had such a big issue with him. Even up against the cage, yeah. he was moving around him, not just like pinning him and just, okay, what can I do? Uh, do I got the hand right? Uh, he was he was in motion. He was working. He, he definitely looked a lot better. I felt like he looked motivated too. Like, like mm-hmm. I want this. And then it, uh, I think what caught my ear was when Whitaker was, was talking good about him. Like, usually if a guy knows that he, he shouldn't be fighting this and then – he should be doing something else. He'll kind of like put it on the back burner. He's like, I should win this. We'll talk about it later. He yeah. went out of his way to uh, talk about how like he wanted this fight before. And like, it, it's, it's kind of good for him that he's getting it now. Like he was like talking up a uh, gasoline a lot. And I feel like that's a good sign that he's actually worried about this fight. Uh, yeah. Whereas he's not looking ahead to Adesana because he wants he never truly had that rematch right. like he he had to work his way back so mm. i think this is kind of like his let me go back to the beginning like i was supposed to fight him didn't then i fought uh, Adesana lost let me get this let me get through this obstacle mm. and then the, with if i can win this 
handily, then I know that I'm truly ready for Adesana because I beat uh, uh, Cannoneer, who is a, uh, one style, and then I beat Gaslin, who's another style. Mm-hmm. And then I've added this combination uh, game to my uh, repertoire. Like, this was a whole new Robert Whitaker, uh, mm-hmm. per se, because you never saw this from before. Like, with how much. Uh, like volume of combinations he was able to put in, like, like I was in awe. But like, like you said, this this is such a good matchup because it's. I feel like this is the old Gastelum, not mm-hmm. the stand up and trade and not even try to take a guy down. This right. is I'm gonna come from every angle and I'm gonna take you down and I'm just gonna ground and pound. Like that's what I like. I, I like to see this. This this makes this matchup so much better. Like he, he could be ranked number eight, but I feel like this gasoline is like a top five uh, guy in the division, especially As against a- who he's up against, like Apollo Costa. If Gastelum uses the strategy he used with Heinrich, Paulo Costa would be screwed. That's like I said when he fought out of Sonia, Paulo Costa, really good jujitsu guy, didn't use any jujitsu against Adesanya, and he got knocked the hell out <laughs> like, that was because he could. He- because he got baited into the into the the word of mouth with the Asan, and he wanted to knock him out. That's right, he kept what saying he like, to. "I trust my powers." Like, don't trust your power. Trust your jujitsu. Don't trust your power, my guy. <laughs> trust, trust, trust your track record. That's what you should trust your track record, and it's you winning by not by that. Like, you can knock guys out, but it wasn't because of that. It was because you set it up to the point to where you can knock a guy out. Right. Right. And I feel like if he tried to do that with gasoline, first of all, jujitsu gives you good, like it's either kind of like on the feet or on the floor, that in between part for some uh, jujitsu guys like Holland, for example, uh, wrestling isn't always a forte. If you, if you're jujitsu yeah. or if your background is jujitsu, because they don't always spend enough time really fleshing out how those interactions work. And I feel like Paulo Costa would, would have a lot of trouble with, with a guy like, you know, ghastly when he is in the zone and he's mixing yeah. it up and he's you got, know, interchanging the strategies. We got Mad Dog chiming in. What's what up, up, boys? Check out his uh, YouTube channel, Mad Dog MMA. He comes out with nice uh, two, three-minute uh, clips of previews for each week. They're great. Hey, he's a good guy in the MMA group. So check that out at Mad Dog MMA. And then we got the, the leader of the group, Leslie uh, Jenkinson. Hey, y'all. How's it going? And then we had uh, two cents saying sup, Mad Dog. I, I, got, I got the crew coming in. Thanks, thank you guys for coming in with the support. Uh, we're towards the end right now, just BSing right now because we got done so fast. But let me I'm get back to, to yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> usually, usually, we're, usually we're halfway through by uh, hour number two. So, yeah, I know what we need to do. We need to have a conversation about how the fighters are treated monetarily in the no, UFC. That'll, that'll, that'll get us past the two-hour mark. <laughs> I were I were to see the feet on that because I don't want to have that. Uh, I don't want to have that conversation. Give, give, give them, give them the the medical, and then we'll call it a day. We'll call it a compromise. <laughs> but uh. But uh, uh, what 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 do you think about uh, the crowd being back now? Uh, for uh, uh, right now, Jacksonville, and then then they're coming back for uh, Houston. I, I kind of my, my quick opinion before I go into it a little bit more after you do yours is it's yeah. nice that they're doing it just now for the pay per views. 
that they're sticking to just that right now. I feel is I, right. I like that idea. All right. Well, look, I get it that uh, we all want to return to normalcy. Yes. Right? Nobody likes quarantine. Even people who take it seriously, like me, I wear a mask. I've been vaccinated. I got my first shot. I still wear a mask everywhere I go. Yeah. But, and I, I understand the 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 desire to want to go back to full auditoriums. That there's just a different energy when there's a crowd in the fight, you know, versus mm -hmm. just like that empty apex building. You hear the schmacking. You you hear them just wailing on each other, and then at the end of the round, there's no applause. They just kind of walk to their corners. I get it. It's not the same. It's not the same. But we also have to pay attention to the fact that there's a lot of variants popping up. In fact, as I'm uh, getting closer and closer to being certified to become a teacher, it's coming out in the news now that in my area, a lot of the, the kids in the schools are contracting these COVID variants. And it's it's making me nervous. I'm like, well, shit, I just got vaccinated. And then the vaccine's not going to even be really effective against these variants, or at least most of them. So there's a proper way to do it, I think. I I'm not sure that they're going to do it that way because... I know that uh, Dana White really hasn't taken, you know, COVID precautions seriously since the beginning. He constantly shows up without a mask. He hugs other fighters without a mask. He, you know, sets a standard for the fighters and then just doesn't obey those same standards a lot of the time. So it makes me feel like that, you know, these fights that are going to be in large stadiums with huge numbers of people, probably going to be something representing a super spreader event, unfortunately. How do you feel about the rule that they made where you have to show that you had both, like the only way you could go is if you had both vaccinations? I mean, maybe it helps, but it, it's all about enforcement, right? And yeah. we, we've seen how some of those measures are enforced and how some of them are not. I'm hoping that they're going to be very strict on enforcement because that would help a lot. But even then, the the vaccine is only good for the strain that it was designed against, not the variants that are, are more prevalent out there. So even if you have been vaccinated, there's still a pretty decent chance that those variants are going to spread. And they're, they're spreading quickly. They're already here in my yeah. area in the school districts. The kids are contracting them, which is transitioning into the homes because when they go home, they interact with their parents and their sisters and shit. So, I mean, it just takes a third of those people, maybe even less to have to show up with one of those variants, even after they've been vaccinated and, and you got yourself an issue. Uh, the, the one thing I think about this is at some point they do have to try and like, not just MMA and just in general, they kind of have to try this where you, you have to up the ante a little bit and up the ante because you can't just, I'm not going to say live in fear, but you got to, Keep go go here 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 to get yourself to that point to where it's normal. I think at least the fact that they're as long as they enforce the fact that you got to have both your shots mm. and they enforce it, I, I feel like that's good. Like if if they weren't enforcing that, I wouldn't be happy with it. I don't think that would be the wrong idea. But the fact that they came out right away and said we're going to have a, a live crowd, we want to get back to normal, but. There are there are restrictions to it. You have to have both shots. You have to come in and show us you have both shots. So I I can only assume that security is going to be tight because the security comes from the UFC, but it's the it's the venue's liability. It's their sure. liability. So I can only assume that the the venue is going to be on top notch security wise, where they're checking everybody's car and making sure that they got uh, double. Uh, uh, 
like vac- vaccination because if something happens, it, it's going to be not just with the UFC. It's going to be on the venue because sure. they allowed the person to go in there. So I think the venue itself is going to be very tight knit, and they're going to make sure that they are enforced. They're probably they're probably right now. They're probably they're two weeks out, and they're probably going to they're probably already testing it out now. They're probably like talking to security, talking to everybody who works there. We got to get on point with this. We got to make sure that everybody has their thing because. As long as this goes well, this is a good sign. And then we can, mm. and then they can learn from it. And that's just in Florida. Then you got Houston in a couple of weeks. I know Houston's, I mean, you got Texas, which is, they're living like they're like, it's it's its own country right now. <laughs> because the, the, you got people not caring about the, the, about the virus down there. They're living like it's a normal, uh, normal, uh, a day right now, like the vaccinations, a thing of the past. Most I, of them there aren't really even back. Well, in my area, there's yeah. a lot of people that aren't vaccinated, but they still act that way. So it's that's probably why the schools are running rampant with the with the variants. So that's not a good. That's, uh, 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 that's interesting. There was fine print on the tickets that they weren't going oh. to be held liable. People know the risk. Hmm. So I guess you can't hold the venue liable. Or the uh, UFC, that, I guess, if it's a, if it's like a release of liability. Yeah. yeah. So I can only imagine that if uh, if they're doing it that way, that, that makes it interesting. But I I would hope that people would have, have care about their their life enough to like be like, okay, let me make sure I have both vaccinations because if they're not held reliable, I'm held liable for myself there, and then that's not good for you. You want to make sure that yeah. you get so uh, so maybe. Maybe in that sense, maybe they're trying to put pressure on the people who are going to make sure that they have the vaccination. It, it's I mean, a, if they're not held a, liable, yeah, then I mean, yeah. how how passionate are they going to be about enforcement? You know, yeah. are they really going to be turning ticket holders away? You know, if there's no actual like liability yeah. placed on them, they're like, oh, it's fine. Liability's on you. You got one shot. Ah, fuck it. You paid for the ticket. I you think, know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I think they'll still check them. Maybe they won't be crazy. They're they're just checked. They're like, okay, you got your 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 vaccinations here. Boom. Yeah. But I hope I hope I hope things go well. We'll see next week in Jacksonville. You'll kind of get a, a a nice uh like a check of it. Maybe it's next Saturday. So by that Tuesday or Wednesday, you'll probably have a clear cut idea of how it went. And like afterwards to see like the aftermath and then see the media in Florida and whatnot and what they say. I'm hoping it's a good move in the right direction. We got Mad Dog first. He said exactly Miles. And then, but I'm all for this event happening with a live crowd. And then you got two cents, hundred percent and fingers crossed. That's, that's all we can hope for is that for the best, like it's, it's yeah. crazy that we're to this point. It's almost a, it's a year and a month in into this, and we're just starting to get like we're, we we have the binoculars and we're starting to see land. Like we're in the sea right now, and we're looking at land. Hopefully, we can get to land soon to where we can uh, uh, find normalcy again, and that, right. we're not stranded at sea, not seeing people, mm. uh, working from a distance. But it, it's going to take everybody's effort to get sure. it back to that, like. Right. Like it was like it was bad for a while, but I feel like maybe we're we're over that hump and we're on the way down. It's just we need to well, keep it. 
The thing about it is things like COVID are seasonal. So, I mean, we got past the first hump, but there's another hump coming. And it's already kind of here with the variants. But, like, once you get into the winter months, then that just makes it worse. Yeah. And we're still beating India in cases and deaths. How does that work? India, they they don't even, in all parts of the country, don't necessarily successfully separate, like, poo water from drinking water. And they're beating us, even with, like, sanitation issues, overcrowding issues, they're still beating us in cases and deaths. Are you kidding I think, me? <laughs> I think that's the thing where Jesus. We, we, everybody just needs to get that shot. It's kind of like the flu where you just get the shot and then you make it, it, it becomes a like a yearly thing where they give right. you the, it's, it's the shot. At the, that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the doctor, like the flu, like you're going to yeah. have people that aren't going to want to take it. There's no, uh, like the flu. There's nothing we can do about it. But at least mm. if it, like, like you said, I think I talked to my buddy. He said like, Probably around eighty percent of the country is going to have the vaccination mm-hmm. at some point. So if you yeah. get to that point, that's the best case scenario because you can't expect everybody sure. to want to to want to take it because of their beliefs or or whatnot. At least if we could get to that point, it'll get to the point where mm-hmm. we could get to normal. Then you have the the people here and mm-hmm. there that are going to get it no matter what because they want to be stubborn enough not to take the the virus the vaccination. Sure. Yeah, then they're gonna get it just like yeah. the flu, the measles, the pox, anything, uh, right. the the bumps, uh, anything. Right. It's Unfortunately, just I think the good news is I think the the vaccine we have now seems viable. It doesn't seem yeah. to have horrible side effects. It seems to be largely successful. So we have a workable vaccine. So now that there are variants, there's gonna be some time where we have to like, you know, basically produce vaccines that can address more of these variants. But once we get past that, if we can get you know, past that that critical mass to where now everybody's vaccinated, that creates herd immunity. We can finally return to normal, and then this won't even be an issue. We'll yeah. do the live events. That's it's fine. It's fine after that. It's just getting there, you know. So. <laughs> and Mad Dog said, "I'll fucking <laughs> rear naked choke COVID nineteen. <laughs> uh, do it like Dream Marquez to Sam Alvey. Just pop his head off, <laughs> make it so that the COVID doesn't tap." And then challenge it to pickleball. <laughs> pickleball, yeah. Ch- challenge the mump. The challenge the mumps. The pickleball. 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 I don't uh, know. That's uh, a fucking uh, thing. But, the, but, the, but that was our uh, that was our uh, medical minute right there. There you go. <laughs> but uh, right before we uh, get going, uh, we're at the. Almost oh, real the quick. I don't know if you saw. It. Did you see that thing with Justin Poirier and and uh, uh, McGregor? Oh my god. <laughs> I was, I, was, I was trying to oh. skate away from talking about it. <laughs> I saw it while I was on the toilet the other day, and I was like, huh, that's a thing. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't oh, even know. It, just, it, just, it literally, I think, just came out this morning, and but, I have no idea what the fuck's going on, where that started from. So uh, apparently, from what I understand, what yeah. happened was going into the uh, Poirier-McGregor fight, they had like an, a gentleman's agreement that I think if uh, Poirier won, McGregor agreed to donate something like $500,000 to a foundation he set up. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to like uh, build a school or, or, or build infrastructure for families in Uganda or something. And when uh, people were talking about the McGregor Poirier two fight coming up in, in, I think like July or I guess this is three. I can't even keep track three. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, McGregor was kind of like, you know, doing what he does with the marketing and he kind of issued his, his 
prediction for the fight. He's like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat Poirier this time. And Poirier is like, oh, interesting prediction. You never gave me my five hundred thousand dollars, you dick. Well, then- what? What? Well, here's the thing I just thought of. Wasn't Poirier supposed to donate to McGregor's, uh, which charity? It was the other way around. It was Poirier's charity because Poirier was the one who called him out for the lack of donation. And actually, McGregor's uh, uh, agent spoke up for him because apparently he was handling that side of things. So apparently yeah. what happened was uh, McGregor replied back that um, he was waiting for the people in charge of Poirier's uh, foundation to get back to him on exactly how the money was going to be spent, like where it was going to go, but they never got back to him. So he didn't want to give him the money because it was like, you know, these fucking, these foundations, they skim off the top all the time. So that's what he was worried about. That's why he hadn't sent it in yet. And that's what his agent said too. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I read that. And then I read that something about how they couldn't find it in the registry or something like that. And the, in the charity registry where you try where you find out oh, right. all charities yeah, so right. they said something about they couldn't find it it wasn't popping up active well the, was uh, the well what McGregor's agent said was like he sent over an email asking the people in charge of like the funding or the the accounting yeah. or whatever like I want a breakdown of where this money's gonna be spent and then they like didn't reply to the email or something because after uh, McGregor pointed out that like, oh, I hadn't sent it because, you know, these these charities skim money and you you went for the <laughs> he implied that because Poirier went for the McGregor fight instead of a title shot, he's all about the money. So he wanted to put that 500,000 into his pocket to which Poirier replies <laughs> like uh, I forget what he said, but he said something along the lines of uh, like. You know, you made a promise, now I'm going to beat the crap out of you in, in on July or whatever. And then his you know, you, agent chimed in. You, you know exactly what's happening right here, right? Mm. This is all money, all to drive the money up. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I bet the thing that's true is he didn't send the money yet, probably because mm-hmm. he was contacting and he didn't hear back. But right. I guess I bet you McGregor is using this. And I bet Poirier's all for it because he's making as much money as possible before he goes for the title again. Because if they're in big... on it, the agent doesn't seem to know. <laughs> he seems to be out <laughs> of the loop. <laughs> but, but like I'm telling you, this is from known McGregor and known that Poirier chose this fight over the uh, the the title fight because he could get more money out of this. Up, mm-hmm. oh, you froze a little bit. But personal. There you are, and, and then in in like uh, balls, unless unless um, uh, this 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 to up oh, we solved it. Let's fight. Like that's just how I feel. Mm. It. It's gonna be. It's 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 a it's a thing that went from real to uh to uh just a money grab that they can use to get more money out of the attendance. Because when they fight, it's gonna there's gonna be attendance there. So you're gonna have mm. a bunch of people there, and a lot everybody's gonna pay to see it. Uh, he said Connor could absolutely be <laughs> winding him up. Exactly. Well, he started shit talking really fast. That's the yes. thing. Like, I, I feel like that's part of McGregor's personality too. He's yeah. kind of fan the flames. I feel like you, there's a way he could have articulated that to be like, Oh, sorry. There's been some confusion. You know, we haven't received the email. He was like, uh, the reason we haven't sent it is because your foundation will tell us how it's being spent. You muddy grubbing piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's basically the way he said it. <laughs> 
So I feel like he's trying to to maybe stir the pot a little bit, but and then I think there's knows, probably a legit like misunderstanding there. And then it, by his, and then he him knowing that this could be his last fight, he's trying he's trying to churn in as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need it, but hey, what's another ten fifteen million uh, uh, for uh, for Mister McGregor there? And then Poirier right. not going to shy away from it. He's going to be like. I'm probably never going to have a chance at that much because this is McGregor. He's he's the yeah. he's he's the the king of the uh, of making money here, like of the crowds, like the top two or three fights in the UFC, money wise, or with him in them. So right. I can I could do this, and I I guarantee no matter the outcome, but which I think Poirier is still probably going to win, and I'm a I'm a McGregor fan, but even if uh, if he I think even though Poirier is probably going to win, but I think no matter what, he's going to get a t- the the first title shot yeah. afterwards. Yeah. I think Poirier. I, I, yeah. I bet your White was like, "You're taking this." There's probably a thing like a, a where he said, "Poirier, as long as you win this, like you get you, you got that shot that you, you deserve." Yeah, and then. Uh, it would definitely help Connor's corollary numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy knows how to make money. That's for sure. Hey, hey, but. he had he had proper number twelve shown on uh, on WrestleMania three times when I watched <laughs> both days. Each right. day they showed a commercial for him uh, three times. So you can only imagine mm-hmm. how much money he makes from that. And that's just right. one thing. He has right. several things, and then. Uh, uh, now he's doing this with live crowd. That's just, that's just recipe for I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm gonna lose, but at least I'm gonna lose making a lot of money. Right. Who do you think is gonna be the the challenger for the uh, for the belt against Poirier once he finishes with McGregor? Because they already did the uh, Olivier Chandler fight. Isn't that one booked? For that, that's booked time? for the title. That's for the title. Oh, that's the title fight. Oh, so he's gonna have to take it from one of them. Oh man, yeah, that'll and be then, interesting. That, yeah, mm. yeah, there's that. And then the mm. funny thing is, Justin Gage he's not even booked yet. He, oh, really? he, hmm. he doesn't even have a fight. He's ranked here. I got it number two. Here. He's number two in the division right now. Yeah. Okay, here it is right now. Yeah, Poirier's one, Gage's two, and then Olivia, Oliveira, and Chandler are three and four. Uh, which is crazy, and then Ferguson's five and McGregor six. Isn't Ferguson and fighting down? Like I, I Ferguson, saw him. Yeah, booked. he's fight. Ferguson is fighting number nine, Dariush. There you go. And McGregor six. He's fighting one Poirier. You got three fighting four, five versus nine, but then you got seven, eight, and ten not even booked. Hmm. I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say because Gagey's not fighting. For some reason, I feel like he's going to fight Islam Makovich. I feel like he's going to want to fight. He's going to want to fight, and Makovich is a guy that I, I don't see them putting him up against Felder or Dosanius because I think he would just whoop the floor with them because yeah. you know the Sambo guys. But Gagey presents a really good matchup with it, with that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even though he lost to uh, he lost to uh, Habib. This is a guy that trains with Habib, right? And he's not I, Habib, though. You know, he's not yeah, Habib. I, I so I, I think I've he seen, might have a shot at that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I, I want to see that now. Like, hey, Dana oh. White, book that fight. Give me credit, Makovich <laughs> against Gagey right now. There you go. Uh, book there it. You go. Book, book it for July, July or or, or 
early August because then, say Makovec wins that, you gain a a title contender there right away. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah like you, you you get that, and then you it's it's money. You, that another contender in that lightweight division that's already stacked. Oh, yeah. From one it's... one from one to ten, you, you you could go either way. Even the couple guys outside of that, you got Gillespie. Kevin Lee is actually coming back. Yep. From his double surgery, he's been out for the year and a half. Al Ayakinta, for some reason, in that ten to fifteen range, he always dominates. Then he gets in the top ten, <laughs> and then that's when he kind of struggles. Diego Ferreira's on the way up. Mm-hmm. Mike, from 1 to 15, this is probably the best and strongest division in UFC is the lightweight. Pretty solid, yeah. It's, man. Like, a lot I, to do there. <laughs> yeah. But is there anything you want to get off your chest before uh, we get off? Uh, this is an early show for us, but uh, not much else to talk about. Yeah. I mean, we got to the hour and a half. We got it. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> They get to the two hours though. I didn't get there, but uh, no, not not too much. Not too much. Just uh, you know, doing my my usual streaming stuff. So if you like to listen to things other than MMA, I do stuff. Uh, talk about uh, tomorrow. I got a wheel stream where we spin the wheel, talk about whatever topic comes up. Do some some chats on Wednesdays, guests on Sundays. It's a lot of fun. My channel. Oh, hail Hydra! Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently he said in my last stream. I didn't see it, so. <laughs> He said it to himself. Twitch is funny sometimes. You you don't like me. I know. It's okay. (laughs) You were posting on Facebook. I was like, I I didn't even know there was a a thing. Well, I know you can do like multi-stream in in Streamlabs, but for some reason it didn't ping me. So I had no idea anybody was even watching the Facebook feed. Thanks for for (laughs) chiming in. uh, Just my two cents. Check this guy's podcast on uh, YouTube. He goes live several times uh, a week. At just my two cents on YouTube, check him out. A great guy pops up with the Mandalorian uh, logo right now. Why he gets his uh, computer set up all set up? He's already knowledgeable. Check him out. Like I was on it last week. I'll probably be on it again. Uh, like I usually do. I just pop on there time to time, like uh, like Nikki. <laughs> and then he said, he said, thank you. And no, thank you for having me on last week. Uh, it was me, him, and. Boston Nick, he was he popped up earlier. Uh, oh. Guys, uh, know their shit. And then he said, "I appreciate it, no problem." Uh, so subscribe to his page and check it out. Just like uh, Pub Sports Radio, check that out. Dope. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like I'm up to Annie myself uh, with the with the content here. Uh, not just doing UFC anymore. Uh, sometimes I regret it, but you know I like it. Uh, I'm also now doing. I do. Uh, 10-minute uh, previews and recaps of Bellator on Friday. And then I also just added one championship to my uh, repertoire while it's in the U.S. right now for the month uh, month of April. Bringing out every Wednesday at, at 10 on TNT. You can check out one on TNT. They got one, two, three, and four. One was last week. They had a, they had a controversial uh, fight where – Eddie Alvarez uh, hit uh, Yuri Lapicus on the side of the head because he decides to move his head over like this and got the DQ, which I hope it gets turned to a no contest. Like it should. Because he like got face contact or like why did they DQ him? He took him down. 
Like, yeah. I'll, I'll show you the video when we get off. Okay. I'll show you the video because it's clear cut. He took him down, and Eddie Alvarez is just whopping on him. And then, and then the ref goes pretty quickly. Watch the head. So I watched the media, uh, the post fight media afterwards, and he goes, the ref tells me watch out. So I go to inside to avoid the head, the side of the head, like where you're not allowed to hit. And Mappakis goes and goes like this. Hmm. And I hit him, and then the ref just lets me do it like two more times. Because as a fighter, I can only imagine it's hard for you to stop in that moment. Right. Because because you're you're going in for the kill because he's mm. like you're going for the knockout so he does it three more times and then the the ref mm. stops it puts the red card out issuing like a, a DQ but uh, mm. but then the, he he said the ref told him no don't worry don't worry no worries and then somebody in the back instead of making a new contest ruled mm. it a DQ loss because he hit him in the back of the head even though the only reason he uh. hit him in the back of the head. Was because he moved like this, right? Even right. though he shouldn't. So Eddie Alvarez was pissed. He said that all the fighters in the UFC were commenting that it should have been a no contest because he didn't yeah. have to move his head. He decided to, and a lot of people think that he did it on purpose to get the DQ. Hmm. Yeah, because oh, it, it was losing the fight, and the, the 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 best he could do is get the DQ and run it back. I mean. Uh, if you're a fighter, you usually don't like having to <laughs> to finish the fight with a DQ. Like, remember Alderman Sterling? No, no, <laughs> literally no, took no, the no. through it. <laughs> yeah, all I'm going to say is you think that the Sterling thing was bad. When you got Alderman Sterling commenting on Twitter that this guy should get the Alderman Sterling School of Acting Award for 2021 – for Jesus. the performance that he had, and that was wow. coming from Sterling. You know it's bad. You know <laughs> it's bad when Sterling's <laughs> comment on how bad the performance was. Because wow. even he said that uh, it, it like that was even worse than his. Yikes! <laughs> but 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 then the then, then the main event was really nice. It was Mighty Mouse against uh, Adriano Moraes, and just like the knees again. The, talking about the knees, he finishes them off with a heat knee to the face. Which mm. you can't do in the UFC, but it's allowed in one. Well, interesting. We we looked this up. I remember because we were talking about specifically the Aljamain Sterling yawn fight, and I remember back in the day, like when I was in the gym and I was like looking to fight professionally, I was looking at the rule books and stuff, and I was like, I could have sworn it was three points of contact. If there's a, yeah. a three points of contact, that's a grounded opponent. You can't use like knees or anything like that. But then we looked it up and apparently the rules have either been, they've changed the wording or they changed the rule to where it's any grounded opponent. So it doesn't even matter the three points anymore. Just the fact that Alderman certainly had two knees on the ground and his butt was yeah. touching or just two knees on its own. That was enough to, uh, to call that a, a DQ or an illegal knee. So interesting it's, cra how they've it's crazy. I think when the Stern thing happened, uh, my mouse said that he thinks it should be legal that mm -hmm. it shouldn't have been illegal, the knee, and then go, and then it winds up a month or two later, and then that's how he loses the Moraes is by the knee. He, <laughs> but he was trying to get up, and Moraes timed the knee perfectly to where he was getting up and just kneed yeah. him in the face, and then he, he was done. The, yeah. the ref called it right away. Moraes gets the victory and uh, keeps the belt. And then they had a Muay Thai bout, which this prodigy, Rod Tang, and Muay Thai, he's just nuts. 
I see. But anybody that wants to watch Muay Thai, Google Rod Tang. I'm not even going to try to say his last name because I'm going to butcher <laughs> it. Just put in Rod Tang, R-O-D-T-A-N, T-A-N-G. Guy's a killer, and he's only 23, and he's far over 100 times already. Yeah, a hundred times. That's the usual. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix, uh, Fight World, with uh, what's his name, Gorello? Not yet. It's I've a really, it. really good documentary. There's an episode where they talk about Ma- Muay Thai, but it's yeah. basically they go into the country in which these martial arts originate, and they show the 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 combat sport in its home country. And apparently, okay. there are kids over there who have fought over like. 200 times by the time they graduate high school like they have crazy fight records because they start really really young so i mean he probably went through because given his name roting gnar is gnar rotang is gnar but i bet he i bet you he tried to say gnarly and then he just (laughs) forgot the ly (laughs) that sounds like a pretty thai name to me so i'm sure he he probably went through that system i I think i think he i think he is a uh thai on let me uh, look this up for a second yeah. on my on my computer because I think he is something like that. But I think like Boo Cow, how many fights did Boo Cow have when he finally retired? Something crazy, like 300 fights or something like that. Like this- he was really up there, but he's also like the legend of the sport. So, you know. <laughs> he is from Bangkok. Yeah, he's he's from Bangkok, t- Thailand. Ratang Chipmunning. 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 J- Jamu- uh, I'm gonna say Jamunin. Jamunin. <laughs> J- That's, right. <laughs> That's not right. I'm calling that as a mispronunciation. I haven't even seen the name, but hey, I didn't say it was right. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just throw a college try. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I can't say names. But, but then, but then, uh, <laughs> not my week, thing. But not this mm. week. But next week, not only do we have a, uh, uh, okay, here he said <laughs> most nar nar. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I okay. can't. But uh, <laughs> and then also next week, this is going to mm. chime into uh, one of my interviews that I did. That's releasing tomorrow. Uh, next week is also the premiere of th- this season of uh, the PFL, and in my backyard of Atlantic City, uh, huh. which is only 20, 30 minutes away, the PFL is going to debut this season. They they didn't go last year because of COVID. But they'll start out. Uh, I think the the twenty third will be uh, the lightweights and featherweights, and then the week after will be like the middleweight, right? Uh, uh, welterweight, and I think light heavyweight, and then the week after that they'll start the uh, uh, the heavyweights. Hmm. But so the, the, they do that, and then they do the first round, which is that they have like all the guys fight, and then they fight again a month later in the hmm. beginning of June. I think they do that two or three times mm-hmm. uh, and then by august i think they have like the once they do two or three fights they then do playoffs mm-hmm. it's it's really weird mm-hmm. but but it's a i love the concept of it they're on espn now so they're going to be shown on friday and oh, saturday they're, okay. they're going to be shown on friday and saturday on espn they have this mm-hmm. deal with this app to where the fans can chime in on the app who they don't think wins each round and they'll hmm. take that into consideration. That's kind of cool. Uh, and then uh, they got some cool uh, people like putting into this. Like Kenny Florian is part of the commentary. He's hmm. like he, which is cool. Like he's really good on commentary. He's gonna be very underrated. And then the Baltimore Ravens uh, Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. 
it's part of the board of uh, the board. Really? Yeah. Like huh. that, he. I think he put money into it. And he's part of the. He's part of the board, which is going to be, which is going to be interesting. Oh, we got him saying shout out to the Garden State. My mom grew up near Patterson. That's about. That it's it's <laughs> up. It's it's up north, like North Jersey. Like, like ah. it's probably it's ninety minutes north of me. I'm in South. Like I'm twenty minutes from Philadelphia, thirty minutes from Atlantic City. I'm like in the middle, in like near the woods. <laughs> what not like going that way but really? that that's up north by the there's like a what is it called there's a dam up there in patterson yeah, i played soccer there once i've been up there once but it's 90, 90 minutes north to me and it's like at least 30 minutes from new york city but but i heard it's not, it's not so too bad together I'm, over there <laughs> everything's so close i can go an hour or two <laughs> And I can get to like so many things, like yeah. like whereas you you go hour two and you're like in the desert, Dude. and then you get, you you might find a oh small town that's like <laughs> that, that's been taken taken advantage of by tremors. Right. I mean, you drive literally. I think it's 17 hours if you're going uh, west and you yeah. reach El Paso. You're still in Texas, but that's Jeez. how you get to the tip of it. <laughs> I could go. You said, you said 17 hours. 17 hours. I could yep. go 17 hours and get from New Jersey to Florida. I could get to Disney <laughs> World in that 17 yeah. hours, man. That's yeah. how that, that's how crazy it is. Yeah. He, he said, you ain't too far from me. I'm in Eastern Shore, Maryland. That's literally. I know Maryland. I know yeah, that. that's that's literally. <laughs> I'm only probably 20, 30 minutes from uh, the Delaware Memorial Bridge. Uh, so yeah. that's, not, that's not far away. To go from here. To Delaware, the Memorial Bridge, which puts you in Delaware, like Newcastle, probably yeah. 20, 30 minutes. And then it's probably another 20, 30 minutes just to get to Maryland. Delaware, mm. going through Delaware is quick. Going through Maryland, like that's what I said. I could get from here to uh, Virginia Beach in four and a half hours. I have to drive get, five just to get to the nearest border. And then, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then if I take six hours, six and a half, I could get to Virginia. Uh, well, Texas is if too I, big. If I do six and a half going north, I could get past Boston. I could get into Maine. I can right. I, I can cross the border into Canada before you get out of Texas. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. That's what that's what's crazy when you get to like uh, that, or if you're going up and down California because California it's not really wide, long, yeah. but it's long. So you yeah. it, it, you could take that a day just to go from Upper uh, North Carolina to a uh, Southern California, which yeah. is crazy. It, yeah. That's what it's like with you with why. That's why I said, yeah. if I try to go, <laughs> if I try to go west, PA is massive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it takes six hours to go from Philadelphia to massive. <laughs> six hours is massive for you guys. <laughs> oh god! Hey, mm -hmm. we're we're not a big state like that, like you, <laughs> where we're right at the bottom. It's like huge. Uh. <laughs> so, like it takes like 10 states yeah. just to equal up to maybe texas and that's a right. maybe <laughs> depends like, on the like, states it could be more <laughs> you could you could you could put the northeast into uh, texas and it still won't yeah. be big yeah depending on how you arrange them there's still more room in there this, this is some wiggle room <laughs> oh man all right last thing last thing yeah jake paul ben askren fight <laughs> Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> before, be, be, no, no, before, before I answer, 
Uh, two cents. Who do you have with winning, Jake Parr or Ben Askren? I'll wait for his reply. And then how about you? Well, while we're waiting, what's your, what do you think? Is it bad that I want them to knock each other out like simultaneously, <laughs> like over the top? Uh, he, country. Yeah. he said Texas is its own damn country. Shout out to the is. whole Texas. <laughs> we could be it. We have enough land to be a country. Yeah. See, see, the only thing that uh, he said, Jake Paul by TKO. <laughs> now, yeah, that's funny. But, you know, uh, the, the one thing with Askren is he is, he's not a striker. He's just straight up wrestler. Not. Yeah. So that's what makes this fight even more interesting is because yeah. we don't know what kind of striking we're going to get from uh, Askren because he can't, right. he's not allowed to use the, the restaurant. So right. I don't know. It's like Ben Askren's not a striker granted. Yeah. He's been working with striking coaches. He's a professional fighter. He knows what it takes to like train and win. Jake Paul, on the other hand, have you seen any of the Jake Paul training videos? There's only a handful of them, but have you, have you seen any of them floating around? I've seen, um, I've seen Logan Parr pop up on WrestleMania. <laughs> so no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jake Paul, like, first of all, in his interviews, I think he's blowing smoke up his own ass, which I think is going to affect his training. He's like, oh, man, I just talked to my coaches. I'm too sharp. I'm too good. Like, motherfucker, what? <laughs> what, what, what fighter is like, oh, I'm too good. I'm, I'm too well, sharp. You know, you, know, like, you know exactly what he's doing, though, because he's a YouTube uh, sensation. So he's trying to. Build up the the numbers. Oh no, he's a narcissist. No, he's a narcissist. He always has. I think he legitimately believes that. Yeah, but I think it's also affecting his training because one, it's going to motivate him to be like, "I'm good enough." You know, like there's going to be a point where I think he starts slacking on the training, but also he's not really. You can tell he's not a professional in his training because, like, right now there's a big trend in the UFC where they're sparring less, right? And the reason's pretty obvious. You you only get one brain. You want to maintain your health as much as possible. You want to minimize injuries in training. Jake Paul's literally knocking out his training partners. And it's like, dude, you're not going to have any training partners left. Like, eventually no yeah. one's going to want to work with you. Like, that's – it just shows the mark of an amateur there. You know, like, he's strong – and I think he's developed a decent amount of technique. Again, most of the matches I've seen, he's only had two matches, and they were both, like, really bad matches, mostly because he wasn't fighting boxers. One guy couldn't even stay on his feet, and the other guy just wanted to hug the whole time. So, I mean, we really haven't seen a, a, a good, accurate showing of Jake Paul's technique up until this point, which I guess we'll see that with Ben Askren. But, I mean, I don't know. I really want them to knock each other out. That yeah. would be... That would be ideal. And I'm not I, I paying was, 50 bucks to see it either. That's yeah. some bullshit. <laughs> nope. But uh, uh, but I, I'm going to watch it just another way. I won't talk about that on here, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we had issues with that last time. <laughs> yeah, we had issues with that last time. But uh, no, He's going to pay for it, FBI, I promise. He's not, he's yeah. not a criminal. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he should take a page from his brother's playbook. Like, uh, looking Paul for it. Uh, Nate Robinson knocked him out, but what what he's done since has been kind of smart. He appeared on this season of uh, 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 the Mask, uh, Mask Singer. That's that's what it was. He appeared on the Mask Singer, and he sang. He was actually pretty good singing wise for not being a singer. He appeared on there. Logan Paul, like a musician first, and then he got into the boxing thing. I, th- I think so, but uh, like a rapper or something. I don't know. 
But he did that. Yeah, he did that. He's making money for that. And then he just mm-hmm. appeared on WrestleMania in a storyline. So you can only tell <laughs> WWE probably paid him to appear on WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. instead of doing something dumb like this where you're fighting the actual MMA guy, you're right. going in and you're just making appearances. He's making right. appearances. He's getting paid. It looks good for his YouTube channel. Yeah. And and he's not going to go in and get his ass beat. Like, right. I, I, I do think there's a small chance that he could knock out, like, uh, Ben Askren, because Ben Askren's an idiot in himself. Yeah, like, <laughs> he is. Yeah. I, I he, that. He, like, he's trying to. He's an idiot with the chin, at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just, it, it, he just can't take knees to the, uh, to, to the chin. Did you see uh, they showed that knockout in the Mastaval Usman? <laughs> Up to 261. That was amazing. Yeah. Okay. We, Paul is a Darsh for sure. He does have better hands than Askren, though. He's definitely an amateur. Mm-hmm. Ben doesn't really have amateur boxing skills, though. He doesn't. That's what makes this, like I said, yeah. more interesting is he's a full-on wrestler. He grapples. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how he that's how he, he got he got his name in one championship before he got uh traded for uh for a Mighty Mouse. Oh, which were which was interesting. Yeah, the they did that trade. The UFC and one made that trade, which I want to see more of. That is mm-hmm. more trading between both promotions because one has uh, benefited from that, and then UFC has uh, yeah. he, he won one fight, but then he got knocked out. But they benefited <laughs> from the fact that it built up Jorge Masvidal. They yeah, benefited that way to where the guy that. That knocked him out in seven seconds. Uh, knocked him out in a knee. So right. they benefit from that. But uh, a true, like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna be frisky. I'm gonna go Jake Paul by uh, by. <laughs> I really want them to knock each other out. Like I don't know because there's this guy. I've, I've pointed. I pointed him out to you. Um, cool dude on the internet. Shame because uh, Paul has the resources to make. Yeah, I think he could. You're right. He yeah. has the money. He has the time. He's like a YouTube star. He's got nothing but time. Mm-hmm. Like if he really wanted to take this seriously, he probably could. And here's the thing. He could pay the right money to the right people to be an actual boxer, like yes. get a real commissioned fight. But he's like, oh, I want to fight a dude who plays FIFA on the internet. And then I want to fight a basketball player who I had internet beef with. And then I want to fight McGregor. And McGregor's like, no, <laughs> not, no. And so he's like, all right, well, I'll take Ben Askren, but then I want McGregor. It's like, dude, you're not getting McGregor. You're, you're lucky. The only reason you're getting Askren is because Dana White doesn't like Ben Askren. That's pretty much why you're getting this fight. But no, it's just, I think it's for him. It's like a, it's an ego trip. You know, it's stroking yeah. his own, his own narcissism, feeding himself this. I'm an amazing fighter narrative. When in reality, he's just fighting a parade of clowns. Speaking of, sp- speaking of ego <laughs> uh, trip, did you see today? Uh, oh my god, <laughs> Henry Cejudo calling out Floyd Mayweather to a boxing Holy fight. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes, oh, boy, he called him. He called him out. He, he, he was like. Let's do this. He was like, we got these guys. We got these uh, crazy wrestlers challenging YouTube sensations. <laughs> it's like, it's our go. turn. 
<laughs> it's our turn, you know. I, oh, I can probably, I can, I'm, I can actually strike uh, or not. Like, <laughs> oh, I, hey, I, I'd be down for it just because I know at least he can throw. He can probably put on a better performance than McGregor uh, yeah, can. Yeah, 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 if I can beat, but you know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he said he said he's drunk. <laughs> I do that, but I don't. No, no. <laughs> my tweets yeah. are not as public as that. It's probably it's probably with his oh, girlfriend. God. He was like, it's probably with his that's girlfriend. Amazing. He was like, can you tweet this for me? <laughs> and then that's and then she tweeted that. Uh, I bet you that's what happened. I don't know. Whenever I'm drunk tweeting, I'm like in my drunk brain. It's like you know, it'd be funny if I did this. Let's see how it goes over. I feel, I feel like it was either that or he had like a buddy. He's like, hey, dude, watch this. <laughs> He sends out a stupid tweet, but oh man, I don't know. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, there was this guy on, on YouTube. I pointed him out to you. He's he's a cool dude. Um, yeah. Mex the uh, Mexican martial arts channel, and this guy got his start on YouTube by like doing these these like spoof videos on like oh we teach Muay Thai, but it's Mexican, so we do it better, you know. And it, it it's it's a joke, you know. And there was like one with judo that was hilarious. He's like. You have to wear the judo uniform, man. And then when you go out in the street, when the guy punches at you, you put the, the first sleeve on and you get behind him and you put the uniform on. So then you can throw him and put him on the ground. Like it's it's really good. If you haven't seen those videos, you should check them out. They're yeah, freaking yeah. hilarious. I don't know why, but with the accent you're giving, it makes me think of I do anything for Selena. <laughs> oh, I'm Mexican. That's a big part of our culture. <laughs> we really like Selena. <laughs> Not from El Paso, too. I, uh, and, 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 and damn it, I haven't watched that uh, movie in probably fifteen years. Right. And then I can, I, I, whenever I think of Selena, I think of that. Just that one saying <laughs> right there, all the time. Oh, and man. then, and then, and that guy still acts. He still acts yeah, too. I, I see. Him. I don't remember the actor's name, but yeah, he still gets work yeah. somehow. He, he does. He does Definitely. a lot. It, like the supporting spots that he does. Right. Yeah. And, but but he's good. He does it. Like I'm like, damn, you, you did that 15 years ago, and I I can only imagine how many people come up to you and say, right. do anything for Selena. Guy's probably got an amazing agent. That's probably what that is. <laughs> like, I want that guy's number. Damn. But um, anyway, so he he started with the like the joke videos, but then he got into like fight commentating on the UFC fights. And that's really where his channel took off, and he commented on this and, yeah. I, and i like what he said he's basically said he's like i don't like jake paul but jake paul's hungry in his own regard he's not hungry for the right reasons mind you he just really wants to you know he wants the ego boost here but he does want to win and and paul Askren, i think is underestimating uh, uh jake paul i think he's thinking like oh he's a slouch he's not a real fighter this and that but I mean, Jake Paul, again, he's got the money and the resources to hire a really good coach. And he's got all the time in the world to do nothing it, to train. Granted, it, it, it was not because of him bringing him in. Uh, he, he did have Masvidal in for like a couple of sessions, but that was just because right. Masvidal wants to see Askren lose. So he, <laughs> right, he's, yeah. he's benefited from something else. But well, actually, his his boxing coach, uh, who is this guy? Let me Google him. I remember in one of the first fights I saw with Jake Paul, I think it was Jake Paul versus the, it was either the, the FIFA guy or the yeah. basketball player. I think it was the basketball, or no, it was the FIFA guy because he had his coach ringside for that one. His coach is actually a big name in boxing. Uh, who, I think okay. he's like a champion. Who is Jake Paul's boxing? Whoop. Boxing doesn't have a C in it. 
boxing. We, we, we just hit the two two hour mark. We did it. B, uh, BJ Flores. BJ Flores oh, yeah. is uh, Jake Paul's trainer. Um, yeah, so he was the guy who trained him for the NBA fight, which, I mean, <laughs> okay. He didn't, he didn't need that, but yeah. Right. But let me, I, I remember hearing that like BJ Flores is a big name. Yeah. He's a, he's a big name in the boxing world. I don't know a whole lot about boxing, but apparently, yeah, here it is. His total. Uh, wow. 39 fights, uh, 34 wins, four losses, 21 wins by knockout. I mean, yeah. this guy, this guy's a, like a real player in the, in the boxing world. So he has like a legit coach. He has a coach who like knows what he's doing. Again, cause he's, he's, he's rich, but <laughs> he's dumb commentating. He's uh, his last fight was 2015 from what I think. And then he commentates for uh, an Olympics and then premier boxing oh, champion wow. on the NBC. Does commentating for that. He, he's fought. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the list of fights that he's done. His last fight was actually for the vacant interim WBA heavyweight title back in 2018. So that was only two, two and a half years ago. And that's for a title. Right, which is I crazy. Mean, he's a contender. He knows what he's doing, but um, yeah, 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 I think I think Ben Askren's going to make the mistake of underestimating Jake yeah. Paul too much, and he's going to get sloppy. And not only that, eighteen rounds is a long time to fight. I don't know if uh, Ben Askren has that kind of gas tank, but yeah, I don't know. I, I am leaning towards like Jake Paul winning, but I really, really want to see them knock each other out. That would yeah, like early Christmas right there. <laughs> I think um, this is gonna. I think this is gonna be part of the norm now. We're gonna see a lot of these promotional oh, uh, uh, promotional fights. It's <sighs> it's keeping Snoop Dogg uh, busy. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not know you're a joke when they bring in Snoop Dogg as a fight commentator? All I'm gonna say <laughs> is fight commentator. Oh, all God. I'm gonna say is oh. when you when you have a thing like the 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 was it the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. I felt I felt like there you would have a like there was probably five fights. You had the first mm-hmm. fight, then you would have thirty minutes of a performance by somebody. A fight, thirty minutes again. A fight, mm-hmm. thirty minute performance again. Then right before the main event, you had Snoop Dogg go for like 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, this is too much for me. I'm like, <laughs> is this boxing or is this a concert? Not both, you know. Right. And right. like, 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 I was tuning out of the the the, the fights. Lean up to that, uh, the Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, just because uh, of the singing. I was like, I was, I almost missed the the the, the Logan Parr, Nate Robinson one. I almost missed that. Right. I caught it. I caught it enough to watch the the knockout uh, yeah. by Paul. But it's like, just stick to what worked. I was like, right. I didn't even care that. I thought Snoop Dogg was funny on commentary. I think it was weird, but he was he funny. Was. He was funny. It was good. Because it's it was, a, it was, I mean, the whole thing's a fucking yeah. joke, but that was the right guy for the job. He did a great well, job. Yeah, oh yeah, he did good, and he and he better be on this one because that's <laughs> and, uh, like granted, I'm probably not going to tune in until the main event, even though Frank Mir's on the card, right? Uh, yeah, Frank Mir, there's actual fighters on this oh, card, on a, so um, like there's real people you want to see. Oh, let me put this in Askren versus Paul. Let me see if I can bring the card up. Oh, here it is. Uh, you're gonna Jake Paul, Ben Askren. Jake Paul's the favorite. Yeah, I saw that. He's minus, like a minus, minus two twenty-five. 
minus one thirty-five right now. Oh, uh, when I saw it, it was bigger, but okay, one thirty-five. Uh, and the considered cruiserweights. Yeah, I what saw is that it? too. You got a uh, Regis Progress against Ivan Redcak Junior Walterweights. Then you got Steve Cunningham versus Frank Mir, and then Joe Fournier against Ray Khan, light heavyweights. Okay. It starts. It's in an empty Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Of course, at, it is. <laughs> and it's gonna. It's gonna be on at nine o'clock uh, yep. on Fight TV. I I, I, I can TV? work. I I can work my way around that. Fight TV <laughs> is that like is that on Spike? Like what the fuck is that? You know, it's a paid thing. Like usually they have a oh, lot of. God damn it. Usually they have a lot of like re, re, uh, regional MMA, and then a lot of like. Indie wrestling stuff on yeah. Fight TV, F I T E uh, TV. Huh. But I can, well, I have raised around that. No, I'm not paying <laughs> the 50 bucks. So I'll just read about yeah. it after the fact. Yeah. But if we're going to have these ridiculous, like, you know, purely money grab matchups, then, then I got one. I got one. I want to see Frank Dukes fight Steven Seagal. That, that needs to happen. <laughs> can, I, we, can we get that fight? <laughs> You could do Jean Claude Van Damme for versus uh, what's what's his name? What's his name? Uh, what's his name from the Power Rangers? He, they actually have a beef. Oh, what's they do. Name? I didn't know that. No, 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 no. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and Jason Dave Frank. Really, they I didn't have, know they had a beef. That's crazy. They have a beef. Crazy. Uh, I think it's more towards uh, Jean Claude has a beef with Jason Dave Frank, but really? uh, uh, I have to look back because I haven't. Paid attention because he, uh, Jason David Frank was doing amateur fights and oh, he's really? good, he's really? good. Like, he trains, like, he's actually like, he's even when he was doing Power Rangers, he was yeah. training, he has his own gym, his own right. uh, gym, uh, I think in California or so. Right. But I, that, that's one you could book that as the as the, the co main <laughs> event for that. You could go, yeah, like, you could do that, and somewhere in the middle, you can put in like. Yeah, you could put in like the the beginning fight. You could put in Vince McMahon against Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please take my money. I'll watch that fight. Or if if uh, Steven Seagal feels like he wants to, you know, put his tough guy money where his tough guy yeah. mouth is, put him up against Olenek. <laughs> let him let him have a shot at the UFC. Start him off with a, an Olenek fight. See how he does. Because I think he'll get his ass handed to him. <laughs> Submission guy. Yeah. I mean, even I, though Olenek's not a striking guy, I'm pretty sure he could outstrike Steven Seagal. <laughs> that would be like the first round, and then you'd hear Steven Seagal like, oh, God, can, we, yeah. can we let time out? <laughs> no, th- th- this is how crazy this shit has gotten to where like, you can just you can just picture something in your head and it might happen, you know? Right. <laughs> can, uh, that's what they're doing now. Oh god! Like you oh, got these. Boy. It's like the the way they can order these MMA first boxing shits. Right. But then now now it's now it's all of a sudden uh, MMA versus YouTube sensations. Right. It's almost like in the early days of UFC, the big craze of like, oh, let's see one style versus another. But now it's just like shenanigans. <laughs> it's the same same sort of interest, but now it's just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Like, right now. like what's next we're gonna get like a middle tier like uh, overrated uh flyweight and put him up against youtube <laughs> sensation ninja 
fucking what? I want to see next? fucking um what's his name? I want to see Ashita Kim. <laughs> I want to see Ashita Kim fight. <laughs> Show us your ninja skills. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. Oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> but, but on a lighter note, uh, before, like we're gonna wrap uh, this up now. Uh, all right. Uh, because I didn't think we we're like we were gonna be done uh, like at, at the ninety minute mark, but then then we pushed that, through. We, we we pushed through. We got through. Uh, I, I I interviewed. This is gonna come out. I think in two weeks. Uh, I interviewed uh, BKSC champion Dat Win, and then he has said that in the future. He would like to see uh, Conor McGregor join BKFC, and then hmm. he would he would like to fight him. I mean, that'd be like a pay decrease for McGregor, so probably not. <laughs> He'd have to pay take a cut. So, well, he's but mm. yeah, but I'd be interested in seeing that. Just put that on the no, put that on one of these crazy shows where they can there book it and make money out of it. Just be <laughs> like, okay. We'll, we'll promote it. We'll, we'll promote it. See right. that one not knock you out because that one's fucking crazy. <laughs> Funny, uh, we'll it, do the karate hottie versus a bear. Like just, just why not? Why not? <laughs> Fuck are you gonna are you gonna call the bear blue? <laughs> yes, uh, blue we'll bear. Have, it has to fight on the ball. Like it has to balance on the ball while it's fighting. <laughs> That's the handicap. <laughs> If I still win, <laughs> and then Karate Hottie has to wear like a, a suit made of fish. <laughs> okay, before we oh, yeah. before we go into uh, like another atmosphere right now, and we just <laughs> dive into something like like I feel like we're going into a uh, uh, last and rec uh, uh, like territory yeah, right now. Pretty much, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this. We'll wrap this up. Dragging the show down. <laughs> Anyway, I feel bad for the one person that's tuned in right now. <laughs> Someone's still listening to this. <laughs> that's probably my channel where I'm hosting it. <laughs> but, but, could be, could oh, be. God. But uh, yeah. we'll wrap this up right now. That was uh, the the Cage My IQ episode for uh, UFC on ABC to uh, recap and then some. And an emphasis <laughs> on and then, and then some because uh, the, the it's answer, a last hour of filler <laughs> it was like the first half oh was the the show and then the second half was just uh like basically just shit Whatever. talking and bs yep. about shit uh, <laughs> in general which was oh. which is nice which is nice Fun. gotta get more of that but i want to thank everybody for tuning in uh just my two cents boston nick uh jenkinson uh drunk savage Garth, I want to thank them all for uh, tuning in, uh, fr friends of ours, uh, in sports box and in the, the the best MMA chat on Twitter. I love them guys. Thanks for giving us support. Thanks to everybody else for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week for the the UFC Fight Night uh, recap between Whitaker and Gaslin. I'm hoping uh, it's next week is as better as this week because this week was quite something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to make a habit of this. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but uh, but keep a lookout on uh, tomorrow. I'm uh, releasing the Jordan Young uh, interview. He, he's the light heavyweight in the PFL. He'll be fighting next week. He's actually, I think today he actually left. Yeah, today he left for Lang City. Uh, from Florida, so uh, because he has so to like five hours. <laughs> so, 
so he has to quarantine. So he has to quarantine for 17 days. Oh, that's right. You guys still have. We don't have that. We, anybody can come into our state, and they're just good to go. Well, I mean, the, the, for, for fight wise, uh, it's the the quarantine for there because they're they're going to be going in and out. He has to quarantine. I know in the first two days he has to quarantine. He can't leave the room and in, oh, in, the, in the casino because it's third way. Like then they yeah. they check him like a couple times, and then he'll be allowed to venture around the 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 casino because they'll be okay. in the uh, a, a casino the whole two three weeks, and then they have designated areas to train. The casino is going to provide food for them and and whatnot. So I, I check that out tomorrow. Check the, the interview out tomorrow. Wish him luck going into his bout on the 29th. I'm hoping that I get that press pass that I'm waiting on so I can go go see the fight. My Our shirts came in, so uh, – we we got the we 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 got the the shirts. Uh, I just had to pick them up from my buddy, and then I can ship yours out to you. So maybe Sweet. next week or the week after, we can wear our shirts on on the podcast. Look like we're we're actually in sync. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can uh, look like something more than jackasses with microphones. It'll be nice. Yes, be a nice change of pace. <laughs> yep. Uh, then yeah. check out uh, check check me out on Wednesday. Uh, well, check out now. I released the the one on TNT one uh, preview. And then on Wednesday, I'll be releasing after the one on TNT two card, I'll release the recap. And then also sometime this week, check out my Bellator uh, 257 preview. And then I'll likely come out with the recap of it on Friday night. They got the Grand Prix started for the light heavyweight on Friday, which saw Ryan Bader uh, uh, beat Leota Machida. And then this week they got uh, Nadim Nankoff, the champion, going up against uh, Phil Davis. And then you got Corey Anderson making his debut against some guy. That's all I'm going to say because his name uh, like is too, too hard to pronounce. He's making his <laughs> debut as well. Uh, it's too hard. But uh, those are going to be the main event and the co-main event of the Friday. And then also, uh, they got a couple other good fights on the card. So check check that out Wednesday for one, and then check out Friday for Bellator. And then, as always, I got my preview coming out on Thursday for for this. And then Friday, I also got the Thomas Verchak interview. Mm -hmm. That I did would get released on Friday since he's fighting on Saturday. So check that out. So I got I got a lot of content coming out in the next few We're days. Busy. <laughs> yeah, it was busy because of uh because of one coming in. You got Bellator back, you got PFL coming back next week. But those are more so like just like a couple months here and there type things. The UFC is the the main thing. It's oh, yeah. the weekly weekly thing. Yeah, look out for all that content on YouTube at Cage My IQ. Subscribe to our YouTube page now that we're going to use it more. I I think now today was like the the guinea pig of it, and I like the the fact that we're on YouTube more. We we got more comments. We had more people interacting with us than Twitter. So I, I'm still going to post it to Twitter, but it's going to be the YouTube link. So I'm going to get everybody coming to YouTube. So subscribe to our YouTube uh, page and, and then subscribe to all of our other pages uh, right here uh, below at Twitter at KJIQ, Facebook KJIQSB, and our Instagram at KJIQ. And then just like we did every Monday, subscribe to our Twitch. We go live 
as well at twitch.tv slash IQ. If you want to rate us, we'd more than welcome to let a lot of people rate our channel. I'll rate your channel if you rate mine. I'll say that. Like, me and my one person will rate you. <laughs> yeah, we would do that. I might do that on the way, on the way out. I might rate somebody. But check out all the content that we have on all the platforms. And we'll break news on top of doing all this uh, recaps. Uh, yeah, break news. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll do all the previews and recaps and then the interviews. The interviews are great. I got yeah. I got I got eight coming out. They're all scheduled out all eight of May 19th right now. So yeah. I got a nice backlog with that. So check it all out uh when I release them. And then check yeah. out everything on the sports box. You can check them out right here on the thing below. All those uh, t- uh handles for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe to that page. And then we got a, ooh, we got a, a late comment from Bobby. What's up, What's boys? Up? Better What's late up, than better late than never. Check out hit, hit at the fighting words on uh, the sports box. Uh, I believe yeah. they they'll probably be live next Thursday. I There's assume they usually, event coming. So I mean, yeah, yeah next th- those guys. Next, those yeah, next cool. thir- yeah, next Thursday. So check them out. I think they usually go on at seven seven thirty or eight. One of those three. So keep an eye out, eye out for them on the Sports Box uh, channel, and of course I am uh, Debate. This is Miles, and you guys have a nice uh, rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets. On Facebook at Sportsbox Show, Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram at The Sportsbox Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us.